WMT Podcast, episode 37. Just a, a quick, this is actually take two of the intro. We just did like a 10 minute, is it take three? <laughs> we just did a 10 minute intro and just probably said a lot of things that, that might have turned off some of the listeners. And I think we have a really good podcast tonight with our guest, Mr. Drew McDowell. So we decided to X that intro, but we think that some of you all might enjoy the content. So uh, after this this whole podcast with, with Drew McDowell, if you'd like to, we're going to tag the uh, the original 10-minute intro yeah. hang to out the end for the, of it. Hang out for the end, and they got a little bonus content. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's like, remember garbage. at the, the like when track 14 would be over on the CD and it would go quiet for three minutes, yeah. and then the secret track would be there? Well, there's going to be a secret track at the end of this podcast. So uh, so hang out after the uh, the the theme song takes you out, and you'll, you'll get to listen to that. So as said a couple seconds before, great podcast tonight, Mr. Drew McDowell. He's really good at it. I enjoyed having him. I think he should have his own podcast, too. So, uh, But anyway, I hope you enjoy listening. Please welcome our friend, Drew McDowell. Wimty episode number 37. I guess today is Drew McDowell Cooper Esquire. McDowell. It's Cooper McDowell. Cooper McDowell. Yeah, I know. We should have hyphenated. <laughs> We're very progressive. We should have hyphenated. Yes, last week we had uh, we had his wife on, so we did this little back-to-back thing. Yeah. Part, so part welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And to the, all the WMT listeners of 36, which is Jamie's, I will be disappointing. She will be way more interesting than me, but I'll do my best to keep yeah. up with her. So. That's all. Uh, that's subjective. That's called a cold lead, and then you warm them up after that. You know, you want to you want to slow play it. You don't want to roll over aces right away. Yes. You know, that's how I'm going. So. Yeah, man. Um, well, cool. Thanks for coming in, checking out the. Is, I don't know if we call it. Our, we call it our studio. It's a studio. It's a little bit of a studio. Oh, very much so. This is this has got all the classic trappings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got panels. Yeah. We got. Have we named the wolf yet? I don't know that we've come up with a name for the wolf. It's El Lobo. Like, I was going to say El yeah, Lobo, Lobo, the wolf. I mean, he just watches know. over you while while we're doing this. I feel the presence. Yeah. We'll have to make sure that he gets on the Instagram because no one's going to understand what that means. It's, we're in, we're in, yeah, we're in you, radio. Shane, you're going to have to get a picture of him with the with Lobo <laughs> right Lobo, over his shoulder. A lot of, a lot of howling. <laughs> so, what's new, man? Oh, my goodness. Uh trying to keep our heads above water here with the tourists in town and uh the commute i so we live in destin obviously for our international listeners you should google it. it's a beautiful place uh for our domestic listeners come anytime other than july and august <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and so you know, we live in destin and i we work out in uh, miramar beach so twice a day i'm i'm doing an hour plus commute that should take 17 minutes so uh, that that takes up a lot of my day. No oh more. man, that that yeah. uh, the comments to the outlet, <sighs> the worst. Yeah, it's not good. But uh, but that's the you know, that's the price we pay because we're so lucky to live in a like, I my two cents. I think that October is here. October and November are probably the prettiest months of the year anywhere. Like you know you can like you're from Detroit. You're from the Detroit, Michigan area, the greater Michigan area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cold there 
in November, yeah. and it's uh, it's miserable. Not, not great all the time. And my mom's <laughs> from Chicago. Uh, she used to tell me like she was like when I moved south, I said I'm never going back. I didn't understand that until we went to Chicago in November, and I was like I'm never doing this again. That was a mistake. Yeah, big it mistake. hurts. Yeah. Oh yeah, painful. <laughs> Very painful. So yeah. So uh, avoiding the tourists. Hey, remember. It seems probably about a decade ago, October and even May, the, those have been my two favorite months, but you could, it, you still felt like you had your town back to yourself, but now that's not even a thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was the, the October was the locals month. Yeah. May, May was the locals month because like, you know, I'm lucky enough to go to, to, to grow up here and go to high school here. And I remember May as like a teenager was like paradise because there, there was no one here. You could you go could to the go beach. anywhere. Like, and of course it was the last month of school, so no one was really super jazzed about being in school to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so May was just the May is the best. Yeah, it used and, to be my uh, favorite. Yeah, and now it's not, unfortunately. And I I know you had Chatham on the podcast, Chatham Morgan. And yeah, I, he might have talked about uh, you know some of the challenges the city is facing and. Um, as it comes to like capacity, I don't know if he did or not. Cause I, I mentioned, I, I didn't want to listen to any of the episodes. I want to come in cold, mm-hmm. but, uh, I do know who's been on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that it's an interesting time to live in our little town. Yeah. Yeah. I think I want to get Chatham if, if he'd be down, I think he'd be good to have in here quarterly. Yes. Just to go over mm-hmm. what's new. Absolutely. Because yeah. that, that, that one kind of. As you know, we're we're a local podcast as as much as we we can be, and between the, the, like that one kind of blew up on us a little bit. It was, it was also like what, like four days before election day. Or yeah, like just yeah. the timing was on. Like people were throwing shit at each other, and it was great. there was, was yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars just being you know. Yeah, in our little local elections, yeah. people were spending crazy money, and it just goes to show, you know. The the one figure you gave me just blew my mind, though, how two years before that, the biggest amount of money anyone had given, like anyone had been able to fundraise, was like 30K. Yeah. And two years later, six six figures. Oh, easily. Yeah, easily. Easily. And, it's and crazy. Like, the, like this money coming from South Florida to influence <laughs> local like destined elections it blew my mind oh yeah oh yeah and if that's just happening at this lower level just house of cards all the way man oh it's i mean it's crazy there's so i'm a obviously a huge podcaster as well and uh i want to say now you'll have to forgive me but i want to say oh we got some sirens they're coming for us yeah exactly uh i want to say that it was um 99 designs but that's that's not the podcast it was it, hashtag 99 designs 99 pi roman mars checking out um long story short it's a it was an entire hour-long podcast about basically the the and this is not a political statement but the conservative sort of agenda to go more um bottom up than top down and i think they called it like operation red basically and this i'm not making this up and it, it was basically they wanted to start at the basically the judicial, local judicial level, local city council, county commissioner level, and work their way up to start controlling state houses because state houses is where redistricting happens. And if you control redistricting, you effectively control who gets elected to Congress from your state for 10 years because redistricting is only done every 10 years yeah. after the census. So in 
you know, the late 90s, early aughts, this sort of this plan to basically cultivate candidates who would then run for state house, who would then vote for that redistricting plan uh, worked really well. And that's why we're seeing like Supreme Court cases about uh, redistricting in Pennsylvania and Texas, um, because well, that's Jer- that's where j- the term gerrymandering. Yeah, comes yeah. From. So uh, you know, uh, I think it, I think the guy's name was Albridge Jerry, the original sort of creator of the gerrymander, and uh, it's still happening today. And uh, again, not a political right or left statement. It's just that was a, a smart strategy to do, and I think the left is kind of catching up to that as well, mainly more through. Well, that's why you can also have a president twice in uh, 16 years, I believe, who lost by several million votes. Well, I say several. Uh, more than more one than million. One. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's more than that's one, several. just one, not even a million. Just if it's more than one, there's something wrong there. Yeah. But that's why you can sure. have – yeah, yeah. But that's why you can have uh, millions of votes and still that person with the Electoral College by what they say – what they claim to be a landslide it's yeah. bizarre to me it's it's interesting but uh you know there's, there's to my you know it's like the i think there's a classic saying and i, I would i want to attribute it to churchill but i don't think it's right it's that uh democracy is the is either the best or the worst form of government that hasn't failed yet basically and it's you know the yes you, there are other ways to run a a uh, a society but this is just the best one we've come up with and and everything else has been not as good yeah uh so there are problems I mean, there's problems with even with little local elections like ours but in general it's better than the alternative and i would certainly prefer it oh absolutely <laughs> yeah. i agree 100 yeah. percent. but if you speak out against it you get labeled as you know, socialist or yeah. I mean, it's uh, living in a you know, if we're a local podcast, everybody kind of knows what we what we uh, where we are, I guess, on the spectrum. But you know, just in general, I I absolutely believe in the goodness of people and their inherent ability to like seek out truth, um, to seek out justice. I, I personally have believed that for most of my life. Now, there are bad people out there that do bad things that do do them for bad reasons selfish reasons personal reasons but i think if you just stopped the average person on the street regardless of where you are in america and you said you know hey do you think this is right or wrong i think our internal moral compass is probably not as far off as people would like to make it think on the right and on the left yeah. i think the you know the left thinks of places like north of florida as like this backwards totally you know totally devoid of rational thought sort of place and i think that people who live in uh the north uh you know the northeast probably get labeled the same way but then it's ironic because people that live here think san francisco is some sort of you know socialist state which it is not there are a lot of republicans in san francisco it's a you know it's a neat town uh you know you want to live in a nice place so it's it's interesting but i you know i just got back from there i've been to san francisco twice in the last four years and you just walk by all these places that are for sale, and it is unbelievable. Like a $1.2 million house looks like a $100,000 house. Oh, it's house. a shack, yeah. In fact, moments before I left to come to uh, be on the podcast, I was re-watching the, the Bourdain, big ups, Anthony, yeah. too soon, uh, No Reservations in San Francisco. And what really struck me, I've been out there a couple times, and uh, – the you know when you drive around it's a pretty seedy place like it's a dirty town and 
as a New York guy, I think he really recognized a lot of like classic old New York in sort of the underbelly of San Francisco. And, um, you know, I'll, I will fully admit that I'm about as yuppie as it gets most of the time. And so it's people like me that are ruining this, this really unique <laughs> American city. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, I want to say it was Oscar Wilde, but I'm definitely, I mean, I'm misquoting so many famous people right now. There are going to be so many angry comments. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, Amer- not Oscar Wilde. Uh, American playwright basically said that uh, um, America has like three unique cities. It's New York, San Francisco, New Orleans, and everywhere else is Cleveland. And, uh, you know, I, I personally, I absolutely believe that to be true. It's this, you go to New Orleans, you know, you are in, there's no other place you could be. Um, same thing for San Francisco. So, yeah, I've not, I've not been to LA aside from in the airport, but I would have to assume every time I think of LA, I think of that, that Michael Douglas film falling down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh man. Just like, it's like muggy and it's sun shiny yeah. but still That's, like the sun is like eight yeah, feet behind just, you and just, just everyone's you. there's 30 yeah. million assholes within yeah. you know a, a 50 mile radius and no that's the best yeah yeah, yeah. although la supposedly right now la and houston are supposedly like the newest food cities of america and you know la obviously huge sort of asian american influence um, you know, like you look at like Roy Choi, who's like the he's the Korean barbecue food truck uh, sort of innovator, and he he I think has sort of like brought this sort of like it's okay to like strange non traditionally American food. He's just got that series on Netflix, right? That uh... no, that's David Chang. Oh, okay. so yeah, so okay. David, yeah, so David Chang. Wrong Asian. Yeah, no, <laughs> sorry, my my, uh, my white brain. <laughs> but uh, so Chang, one of one, one of his first episodes on his new Netflix series. Is going he's to talking Houston, about Houston, yeah, and it's all that's, about. That's why I thought so. So I put that together. So, so I so there's a game I play. I firmly believe this is the reason why Jamie Cooper married me is because the game I play is called Death Row Meal, and we might have talked about this before in our goings out and about. But I want to play it on the podcast, and I want to encourage the listeners to play it at home. Because okay, it's a great game. Okay, so the way the Death Row Meal works is. You've been convicted of capital crime. Obviously, I'm a lawyer, so I'm a bit macabre about these things. And, uh, you know, you, you get to order your last meal. And the genesis, let me get, like, if I can do a 30-second tangent, the genesis of this was my criminal law professor, 1L year of law school, is named Matt Steffi. He's the smartest human being that I've ever met. It's, it's unbelievably just he's, – he's, he's on the next level. He's, he makes us all look like dolts. And basically, offhandedly, he was talking about the state of Texas and their execution rate, and they're very efficient at it. And he, he, he kind of offhandedly said, like, oh, yeah, you can actually go check out on the Internet what people order for their last mm-hmm. meal. And, I, you know, I, I never thought to do that because I don't want to think about that kind of thing. But I was like, I'm going to do that. And so, you know, I have my laptop in front of me. and I'm not obviously not taking notes at this point. So I Google. And the, uh, the breakdown of what people order for their last meal is surprisingly racially stereotypical, mm. and I know that's that's not a no. It's amazing. Yeah, I've checked that out. There, I, I'm not gonna know what the photographer was, but he did that. He took all of them, then recreated them, and and, and did photo shoots of the food. Oh, what an yeah. interesting and, concept! And, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I think I first saw that on like an imager or something. Yeah, like, it, it's amazing. It's really it's really unique. So, anyways, um, my buddies and I, uh, you know, after class, probably we, you know. Uh, we were, you know, imbibing some milkshakes and, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we started talking about like, well, what would your, what would your last meal be? 
And everybody was like, oh, man, well, you know, I would want to have a piece of pie. Like, you know, somebody said, I really love apple pie. I'm like, well, okay, we'll add dessert. So you can get a meal and dessert. And then one of my friends uh, from South Mississippi, she had a really strong accent, she was like, well, what about appetizer? I love cheese sticks. And I'm like, <laughs> well, we got to do appetizers. So the game has evolved. And the way the game works, sorry, I'm tangent done. Four course? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So you get to do an appetizer, a uh, like a main course, like a protein, if you will, two sides, a dessert, and then an alcoholic beverage and a non-alcoholic beverage, okay? So people kind of come to the game, they think it's very simple, but the game, the way you win and the way you impress people is your by specificity. So for example, I might say uh, my appetizer would be um, oysters from Beauchamp's that have the crawfish cream sauce on top of them. Um, and the more specific you can make the dish, the more people can can visualize it. Because yeah. some dudes just like, I'd like a steak. And I'm like, all right, what kind of steak? And they're like, filet. I'm like, well, how do you want it cooked? And I have to, you, know, you got to tease yeah. it out of there. Bacon wrap, yeah, red exactly, wine, exactly. glaze, yeah, pork. Ex- exactly, know? yes. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want a blue cheese topping? You know, are we doing it Oscar style? So the more specific you can be, the more interesting the game is. And so I want to play with you guys. Because, I mean, I don't think anyone's ever really brought this level of questioning to our hosts here. So here's where I'm at. You don't have to answer at all. But I figure alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages be easy to answer because you guys are, are well-versed in that. So I'll give you mine to give you time okay. to think. So non-alcoholic beverage is the coldest humanly possible can of Coca-Cola before it's frozen. So it's, it's got to be like... So cold it hurts your head to drink, but not frozen because obviously it's not good. Um, and then an alcoholic beverage, I'm going to have some some Maker's Mark and Ice. That's just my thing. That's my thing. Not together, just separately. So, uh, Shane, give me your what, – what would be your non-alcoholic beverage? A Minute Maid – it's got to be Minute Maid. Minute Maid <laughs> Lemonade Arnold Palmer. Ooh. But it, And it's got to be – you want to go unsweet, but – it's your last meal, so you got to go hard. So you yeah. want, like, southern sweet. It's got a fucking pint of sugar in it yes. with, with the, the Minute Maid lemonade yes. on top. Yes, that is killer. That is killer. I'm taking in uh, an ice-cold pint glass, and I'm going to take a can of Werner's ginger ale, which is based uh, out of Michigan. Yeah. ton of sugar in it. Name drop. I believe they use yeah. real, real yeah. ginger in it, in the ginger ale. Yeah. And no ice, just pouring that on the frozen pine glass. Oh, probably slamming it in like two gulps. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking that shit fast. That's, yeah. I, that's, that's yeah. see, that's that's the sort of for the listeners at home. That's the sort of specificity that makes you good at the game. Because if you just say like, I want a minute made lemonade, you know, you're like boring. You know, like give me, give me more. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you wanna you wanna take you wanna experience. Yes. You wanna think like, I've had a furnished ginger ale before. Um, and it was good, you know. Mm-hmm. So you kind of want to have that. Uh, that so I'm alcoholic beverages. I mean, obviously the world is your oyster. What uh, what do you have in chain? I want a Michter's horse feather. So I want Michter's American yeah. with Fever Tree ginger beer because they use real ginger and that shit's phenomenal. Little Angostura <laughs> bitters on top. One ice cube. Yeah, I want a uh, a double some some decent. <laughs> yeah. I want a double of some decent scotch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, doesn't have to be super fancy, but you know, a decent. It's your last meal, motherfuckers. Better be fancy. Yeah, I mean, it, I just. Well, is there like so? So now we're gonna tease it out. So the scotch. Do you well, have like if a you're family go, if you're going makers and you're going uh, mictors, yeah. I'll go mid level on you. <laughs> so I'll do like a. 
like a like a one of the like a Glenn Levitt single malt, yeah. like something easy, yeah. like some sort of single malt. Or, 12. So or the, uh, the Wimty crew is not a bougie crew. We're mid level. Yeah, you know, we're keeping it yeah. on the middle. But shelf. a double. Yeah, oh, one, yeah. <laughs> one, one ice cube. Yeah, nothing else in it. Just and just you know sip yeah. on it. Yeah. Think about what I've done. <laughs> oh no, no, you know, you know, no. So that's obviously you. Then your then your sentence is commuted the next day, and you walk free. But uh, mm. that's the that's the that's the last part of the the game. Yeah. Ever tell but I'm you. drinking something pretty close to straight in the whiskey yeah, family. Yeah, I like for that. Sure. I like that a lot of. So I've heard some interesting answers. Obviously, I played this game for years and years. I've graduated from law school in '11. Uh, <laughs> I've heard a lot a lot of women. This is this is not a a lot of women say water. For their non-alcoholic beverage, they'll say like, "I want, you know, an ice cold bottle of like Fiji bottled water," and I'm like, "Calories don't count here. Like, you can yeah. do whatever you want. Like, you know, you can have anything." Yeah. And they'll let's just, assume you know, you're hydrated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like let's assume that the like the prison uh, faucet inside of your combo toilet uh, is full, working, and it's know. full of Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so I, you know, some people have been hyper like Jamie's. Uh, Jamie's entree is her mom's beef, beef stroganoff because uh, she's from Indi- Indiana and people from Indiana love a casserole in case you're curious uh, that's like their national dish it's a state bird as well as a casserole uh, uh, so they love like they, that's just her thing and um, like our, on our first date I was like okay it's your last meal I mean obviously you know I had to warm it up a little that would have been a little dramatic to start with but uh and she was like, "Okay, this is a cool. We can have a conversation." So, uh, yeah, try the last meal game when you, you get a moment. Oh, no, I want you to go further, but what's your app? Oh my gosh, it changes all the time. Okay, I, I can tell you, my, my entree is a crawfish boil. So, um, like, quick thirty second. My mom is from Chicago. My dad is from Louisiana. Um, I have the most American sort of marriage of family you can get. My mom is the first citizen in her family, first person to go to high school, first person to go to college daughter of two immigrants uh my dad is like sons of confederate veterans they've been here since like the early 1800s um made their way from georgia probably related to some sort of criminal some kind to oklahoma back to louisiana and so i have this really neat sort of marriage in my family of like i'm a cubs fan because my mom was a cubs fan you know but i'm also a saints fan because my my grandfather god rest him couldn't afford to go to bears games so basically, football wasn't his thing. So you'd go, Cubs yeah. games were the cheapest game in town. So they were awful. Uh, so they could go to Cubs games. And so, like, within our little family, um, we have this really neat sort of uh, immigrant, new to America, bring your heritage kind of things with you. So we do a lot of, like, traditionally Irish things. And then my dad's family is super Scotch-Irish, the McDowell, you know, sort of name. Um, and that's all Louisiana, like, redfish you know, crawfish, shrimp all the time yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so, yeah, so crawfish is my entree. Crawfish boil, if we're going to get really specific, uh, I will eat like Some 18 boudin. years of corn. <laughs> Just, oh, my God. It's so bad for me. I know that that's what they feed cows to get them big before we eat them, <laughs> and I will eat so many years of corn. Uh, new potatoes, although I've started to do fingerling potatoes in my crawfish boils, and they cook so much faster mm-hmm. It is like it's changing the game. So if you're a boiler at home, <laughs> buy the bag of fingerling potatoes. Don't buy the waxy Ooh, new potatoes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That is the move. Oh yeah. And they absorb. And they're one, and they're one bite. Yeah. It's one. It's like a. So you're getting yeah. that. So you're getting Boom. all that. All it's, the seasoning yeah. and stuff. It's too. a potato nugget. It's a. Pota- so that this is. It's all coming full circle here, kids. Ooh. That's why I'm a big fan of the ugly delicious with David Chang. 
because he goes to Houston to have the Houston Vietnamese-style crawfish, which is a totally American thing. You know, the crawfish that they have in Southeast Asia, nothing like our crawfish here. Um, and basically they, you know, people from Vietnam fled the conflict. Southeast Asia, Laos, you know, uh, basically came to, they came here, you know, at uh, Eglin yeah. Air Force Base, there was yeah. a big re- yeah. resettlement camp. Um, but Houston made a lot of sense because they're, you know, traditionally a fishing society. There's a big fishing port there. And obviously uh, they sort of made louisiana style crawfish which are cheap and plentiful and can feed a lot of people and just started throwing like lemongrass and thai style chilies in them and i'm just like that's my that's my new dream so (laughs) houston may be the next trip that jamie and i go on although the city itself is just like concrete it's not exactly you know like a super beautiful place so uh no offense to tillman fertita and the houston rockets but uh uh, I'm super excited about having crawfish. Vietnamese yeah. style crawfish. Obviously. Yeah, no big deal. Uh, <laughs> I wish this was being video recorded because my fam's like smiling from ear to ear. Soon. Yeah. Soon. We'll have you back on when we have our cameras. Oh, going. good. So good. We'll good, be good. doing I that can soon. see how giddy I am about eating <laughs> uh, after I just had dinner. Uh, so, yeah. So, sides. I mean, tr- I mean. Yeah, it's all in Mashed one. potatoes. I mean, mashed potatoes. You got to have mashed potatoes because it's the food of my people, my mom's people. Uh Dessert, I, man, I, I, I flex on dessert all the time. Uh, you could ask me, like, have you guys been to Trade Winds before? Have you ever been to Trade Winds in Valparaiso? I, I, yes. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They make a tiramisu there that is from a different plane. It's, you know, it does not, you know, come out of a box. They're making it. It is so, so good. So sometimes I'll say that. Sometimes it's just a piece of New York-style cheesecake. Just, like, lay it on me. So I don't know. I change all the time, but that's the beauty of the game is you can always play it again. If you try some, you have something different that's better. You can have a seven day a week. Yeah. It depends on what day you're getting executed. You know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know. <laughs> it's fish and chips Friday. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, got to appease, got to keep our Catholics in line. Fish yeah. on Friday. So <laughs> again, the Irish background, you know, that's, that's, that's that we had fish on Friday. So that worked out well. Um, so now that I've asked the only question that I wanted to ask, which was your alcoholic and non-alcoholic beverages, you know, that's what I'm at. <laughs> we can go. That's Thanks for I listening. Am. I'm out. <laughs> What's your meal, Shane? Ooh. What's your meal right, dessert? As of, as of right now? Yeah. Uh, Coop's Place, New Orleans, that rabbit and andouille sauce, just fucking jambalaya is oh. probably the best thing. I crave that shit. Ooh, I'll have to try next time I'm out there. I crave I'm going. In, I'm going back to New Orleans in September. So it's the best. Yeah. I think it's voted the best in New Orleans. Like it, wow, it's it's. it's I'm gonna get Turkey and the Wolf like seven times. I, bruh, <laughs> best new restaurant in America. No, I'm sorry. Sandwich place. All right, yeah. so we, we were it's so good. Like, yeah. Oh no, that wasn't you. That was a uh, when me and uh, um, a couple of other buddies of ours, Seth and, and Tim, went. And I'm, I'm like, do we gotta go Turkey and the Wolf? Turkey and the Wolf. We're going Turkey and the Wolf. And we get in a cab, and uh, or an Uber, and you know it's because it's in it's in like the backside of the garden, right? I mean it's in a neighborhood, and this lady's like, "Where the fuck are we going? <laughs> like, where are we taking these white boys? And like, we're like we're going all these fucking turns and shit, and then boom, it just opens up." Yeah, they call it the Irish food. Channel. I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. where it is. Yeah, Irish Channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, do that that fried bologna sandwich. <sighs> My God. I, I, so we haven't Ooh, been. I feel really. I'm upset with myself. Ta- the tacos. Okay, can I say one, one thing real yeah. quick? Yeah. Oh, fire it out. Uh, uh, yeah. You met Chatham podcast, local market. All right. Sorry, dude. You tried that fucking fried bologna sandwich. 
it didn't fucking cut it. It was nowhere did, near. Does he have it there, or was that like he, a special? He did, he did. It was a special, and uh, it was <laughs> it was a special. I think it was called like the El Presidente, or something. I don't know. It had something, but it was fried bologna with a little pickle and like this whole thing. But no, dude. American cheese on that they, shit. Oh yeah. Oh no, they did it right. They tried to so hard, but it didn't come very close. Yeah. Dude, that shit turning oh, the wolf so is outrageous. It's so good. We I I've been there twice with my brother, and both times we'd go, we order like three or four things. Oh yeah. Don't even finish it all, but we're just like shoving our all this. I have, yeah. Just fucking in our face. deviled eggs with the fried yeah. chicken skin on top. Yeah. Get the fuck oh, out of here. Oh, I did see that. I did see that. <laughs> Get oh, the man. fuck out of here. Oh man. I think like they make their own sriracha or some shit too. Mm-hmm. They put on. Oh, my They're God. evil geniuses. I feel like of the sandwich world. Which Do you is... follow them on uh, Instagram? No, I need to. No. Oh, you should. No, so much. Remind easy. me after we're done. What uh? What are your sides in your dessert? Sides, mm. shit. Jumbo. I feel like jambalaya doesn't get sides. Jambalaya doesn't get no, sides. No, you. That's, but, that's, that's the beauty the of the game. Why? Flex it out. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's, yeah. He's a crawfish, but he also wants mashed potatoes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, he get fingerling and mash. I don't. <laughs> well, obviously. Uh, I guess I'd have to go like a serious. No, my pops makes this fucking asparagus side that's phenomenal. He roasts asparagus, right? And about like five minutes before he takes it out of the oven, he brushes it with uh, Gardini's Caesar dressing. Throws it back in the oven, pulls it back in the o- out of the oven about a minute before, and and shaves Parmesan on top. Shoves it back in the oven about a minute more. That shit's fire. So that and if you if you make a damn good mac and cheese, I want that mac and cheese. Like you gotta have mac and cheese, right? I'm sure. This is this is the time we need cameras because I'm just like I'm not I'm not I'm trying not to breathe too hard in the microphone like I'm trying not to be like, like salivating into it you know this is I, we got to keep this is radio but uh, I'm having a hard time yeah. too because I like I brought some carrots with me to eat <laughs> I haven't touched them yet because I went right from a meeting into this and I'm just like shit man this isn't working out so well uh, dessert, dessert man um, my grandmother's pecan pie there you go see that's the beauty i just that that's the beauty of the game yeah. that's the beauty of the game because it's super specific it's it's personal to you yep. people might say like you know this how what, what makes it different you might say oh, she puts cinnamon in the crust or whatever yeah. and everybody can go oh that sounds really good you know but the people that just say like you know i want to i want vanilla ice cream I'm like you're missing the point of the game mm-hmm. <laughs> you vanilla motherfucker what you got man what's your what's, yeah. what's, your, what's your main I'm going my main course is my mom's lasagna like she does her my grandfather was full blooded Italian you know first generation um like hands down like brown get let the cheese get brown on top yeah. and she also does she doesn't just do ricotta with it she'll she'll throw in a little bit of cottage cheese with the ricotta as well blend that with some of those herbs and spices fucking seven layers of that shit with uh italian sausage and whew, so good <laughs> it's so uh, i'm gonna make her make me some like next week just talk, <laughs> like talking about this and then i know this sounds really lame but just it accompanies it perfectly there's there's a salad that she does that also black olives and Tomatoes and everything with a red with a, a apple cider vinegar and oil dressing. It's just it's perfect for it. And just I want the I want the canned black olives. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Like I want the canned pitted black <laughs> That's olives. The only way to Those do it. have yeah. a certain taste to it, yeah. and yeah. it's just it's yeah. perfect. And then some sort of some sort of bread on the side, either like a cheese bread or a breadstick, basted in garlic knots. Some mimos garlic knots. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, that's where I'm at. I'm going Italian on the whole thing. Though. I like the it. whole meal's Italian. There's there's no nothing, yeah. better. nothing better. And and then uh, for my dessert, it's either going to be some like a like a like a pumpkin cheesecake, or or a, a just hot ass sizzling brownie with fucking ice cream on oh, top. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll mode that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. All right. I'm telling you. That concludes our episode. Yeah. We're going to McGuire's. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go. Let's see y'all. We'll That's take... a fun game. Man. Yeah. I'm telling you. It's uh, it's really, there's no, because uh, there's no wrong answer. And if, yeah. if the person's lame, they say like, Fouet, like you can, you can eventually say like, well, where would you order it from? Yeah. And then, you know, eventually they have to like name a place they've actually been to before than like Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. Applebee's, get yeah. the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> you can't play no more. Yeah, steak and, steak yeah. and potatoes. They're eating good in that neighborhood, man. It's a, this actually the, the last Applebee's in our area is a that kind of catty corner from my office. Mm-hmm. And I, so I drive by it to go like Starbucks or whatever. And uh, it's constantly full. It's almost always. Well, there's nothing else out there, right? There's, you know, oh, there's yeah. there's options. No, it's there's it's, yeah, there's, there's like, stuff over at Grand Boulevard it, now. Yeah, between, like, two there's a craft parks. bar there. There's Cantina Laredo. But you, you have like, to go further down into the. No, thing, it's right? right before uh, Grand Boulevard. There's a, it's you could it's a protected. It's a block it's a before light. Grand Boulevard. Saying, where it is, yeah. specifically where it is, it's in between like two office parks, right? Kind of. I mean, but yeah. that's it. But there's nothing else around. Not for like thirty feet, but like you know, if you if you're willing to drive. 600 yards there's crap bar, bar pf chain yeah. you know all that stuff out there but I, I just think it's funny that like you know you'll drive by because i'll go through the the, the little grand boulevard you know area just to get to the light because making a right on a 98 is like death wish uh and you know you'll see plates from like tennessee and kentucky and i'm not picking on anybody I'm just out of state plates and i'm like you're in a place where you have access to some of like the freshest seafood you can find in the world and there's really, really good restaurants here that I, I don't want to name my name in case tourists start listening to this podcast and I can't go to them. But Mimos, hashtag Mimos was already mentioned. Uh, <laughs> but, like, you can have delicious food here, but I feel like it cracks me up that, like, Joe's Crab Shack is oh, always yeah. packed. Always. Uh, and it, so I used to – I grew up in Fort Walton, and to this day I will never understand why the Red Lobster in Fort Walton is just always packed out. Great location. I don't know who got that Red Lobster location, but it's always packed. Yeah. Permanently. And those yeah. cheese biscuits cannot be that good. They cannot be that good. They got endless lobster, man. Endless shrimp. <laughs> When's the last time you've eaten at a Red Lobster? Oh, it's funny you ask that. Uh, the Up until like a month ago when I was 10. So let's see, I'm 32 now. So it's been 22 years. No and then, way. Yeah, so in my, my business, uh, you know, obviously we, we work with a lot of retirees and uh, we we have a client over in Pensacola, and I said, look, we don't get to see you all that often. Let's go to lunch. You know, pick whatever place you really like. And <laughs> Pensacola is blowing up as far as yeah, great you food. know, great yeah. food, all these options. He's like, I really want to go to the Red Lobster <laughs> over by the hospital. I'm like, we're gonna do this thing. So uh, I had a Caesar salad. Uh, needless to say, it was it was lacking. It was like the it was like the scene from A Knight's Tale where he's like, you were found wanting. And I'm like, yeah, that salad was wanting. But he crushed it. Like, this guy is probably in his early 80s, and he he probably ate, no exaggeration, like 45 or 50 shrimp. Like, he yes. just put it away. Yes, dude. And, you know, they weren't... Did you eat some of the Cheddar bis- the cheddar Bay biscuits? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, you know, I mean, you know, I, you know, I can't not have a biscuit. So you went to Red Lobster, and all you ate were Cheddar Bay biscuits and a fucking salad? That is correct, yes. Did you have shrimp uh, on your salad? Was I it, did. Was it 
a shrimp Caesar salad? I did. They were not good either. They were not yeah. good either. Well, it's shrimp fest right now. Uh, hashtag Red Lobster. And uh, is no. that going on? It is going the on right now. Eat? I think it's like you know you order it and they keep bringing you shrimp. Yeah. Do you know about this? Do you guys have like a big Red Lobster thing? And I'm just I no. walked blindly into no, a trap but or we something? have a thing. We've discussed it on this podcast before. Oh, no. Uh, myself and a f- and really it started out with just Colt and myself at first, and we were gonna have a competition, so you can go to Red Lobster, and you you get uh, a sides you get your salad, and one Cheddar Bay biscuit. But then after that, it's just nonstop shrimp scampi. <laughs> all right, and you just tell them uh, you don't want anything else but shrimp scampi. Man. And the loser picks up the tab. And we have it up to, like, five people. We've been talking about this for, fuck, man, like seven years but, probably. But the, but the loser. Yeah. And I think you, what, I think it's just, it's just the first person to tap out. It's got to yeah. be Colt's episode, right? So Colt Austin, I think yeah. he, was, he was, like, our. We, we brought Matt on fourth, as well. Fourth or fifth episode, something like that. Uh, we went through the whole rules. Uh, we called Red Lobster to see if we could even get. Yeah, on air. Uh, it was great uh, footage. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, the, yeah, there's yeah, the winner is there's no winner. Yeah. It's oh just, no, it's uh, there's just levels just of losing. One, there's exactly. one loser. There's, there's, yeah. Are you gonna tap out, motherfucker? Yeah. No. Nope. Are you gonna eat this shrimp? Scampi? I guess I have another <laughs> shrimp scampi. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be first. You just don't have to be last. Yeah. It's like outrunning the bear. Yes. You know, you don't have to be the fastest. Yes. You just have to not be the slowest. I get. Yeah. I'm there. I'm not gonna do it. No, you don't. But I do look it. forward to seeing. No. You know. And I, so, <laughs> I've like. I really, really, really try hard, especially with seafood. Like we were so before the episode, we were talking about like sourcing your protein, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. And I know, as again, I'm a yuppie kids. In case we haven't figured this out, so uh, it's super trendy to really care about where your food comes from. And I realize that it, I shop, we grocery shop at like Publix, so we're not exactly talking about some, uh, you know, small batch producers. But that having been said, if you live in a place like Destin and you want to eat seafood. 365 days a year you can find really good quality seafood which is why i think it's so i'm a big win dixie guy because i you know uh I, I i attribute that to my dad's frugality and southern roots so win dixie is they're the beef people uh, but you go to the seafood place at the Destin Win Dixie, and side by side there will be shrimp from Harbor Docks, where yep. it says locally caught yeah. like from yeah, Harbor Docks, yeah. and there will be the shrimp that come from you know thailand and again nothing wrong with eating shrimp that are cheaper but if you can support the mission of the, you know, the sort of the the Harbor Docks mission of trying to eat local seafood here while you're while you're here, I think you should try to do it. So that having been said, if I was in Kansas City, Missouri, and I wanted to have some shrimp, you better believe I'm going to Red Lobster. Yeah. Because that's where I'm, you know. This is just one day, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, I did chug syrup once, so let's do yeah. the shrimp scampi. Yeah, let's do the shrimp scampi <laughs> challenge. I feel like I feel like I may not be first, but I may not be last. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I will I would, set aside I my would, moral quandary for one day. I went back and forth on that ten different times. Oh, on uh, about allowing you all to do that oh. because I was seriously concerned. I said, I think this can harm these people. I, I, I told you. I looked that. at no. I was looking at the amount of sugar. You and I we discussed uh, it for yeah. like a half hour. Yeah. Like I looked at the sugar and then I looked at the servings per container. Yeah. yeah. And I did the multiplication and I said, this is dangerous. Yeah. yeah. This is not okay. Because it wasn't sugar. We, we you got fucking like Aunt Jemima bullshit. The it's high, all high, high fructose, fructose corn yeah. syrup. Yeah, yeah, but that's still the sugar content in that is unbelievable. And I think I, you did win. right? Right? Oh yeah, and I immediately I was like, go, <laughs> go throw, throw up. up. Oh yeah. no, and I tried, but you know it's syrup and it's fake syrup, so it's not like it's like moving quickly either direction. 
Uh, I tried. I got a little bit up, um, but no, true story. And we, you know, this is like my least. Just let's least, preface this though, yeah. just so our listeners won't know what we're talking oh, yeah. about. We so were hosting this trivia. Is a deep cut. <laughs> yeah, we were hosting trivia, and we had to do a tiebreaker. And I think we tried a couple different things, and they were still the tiebreaker was coming back tied. So we sent a runner to Win Dixie to get yeah. three or four bottles of syrup. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I told him to buy the cheapest, well, preference, shittiest preference that a little more, syrup that we could to break we, the tie. When we were doing trivia, we were doing um, uh, themes, right? We were doing movies. Yeah. And so it was Super Troopers. Was it, it was, Super Troopers? It was Super Troopers. Right? Okay. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I just want everyone at home to realize, first of all, yes, I did do this and it was awful. However, um, this was the it was like the championship week. So it was like the game was yes. on the line. And, I, you know, I, I, like LeBron, had to step up for my squad. And uh, I did that, and I, I to this day, it's the, my one of my biggest sort of uh, most embarrassing moments. But I'm glad it's on the internet forever, and if you look hard enough, you can find it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm glad, man. It's gonna Google search is gonna jump real hard this week. But yeah, no, it was it was. Uh, so long story short, the shrimp scampi should be a relatively easy uh, task. <laughs> At least three bowls. I don't know how many more I can do beyond that. How, how, what? Okay, so you couldn't throw out the syrup. No, no. How'd your night go? I didn't sleep. I went to work. It was a Tuesday, so I went to work the next day advising people, you know. So you're shaking on, and shit. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no, my, my pupils were dilated. Like, I was going crazy. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a. You're, it's a family business, right? Oh, Which we're yeah. going to get into, by yeah. the way. Normally oh, yeah. we start out with that. Yeah. Um, but we just, we kicked it right off. And yeah. So, like, did your dad think you, like, developed a meth addiction? Or no. <laughs> no, no. Um, but actually, so, really, ironically, like, at the at the trivia event, because we're, we're in such a small town, like, a couple of the teams of people, you know, they knew my brother. And so, one, one guy was, like, really good buddies with my brother, and he texted my brother Patrick, a, like, a video of me winning the syrup contest. <laughs> and Pat was like, look what Drew did. And, like, <laughs> so showed it to my folks. And so, my mom was just like, my mom is super cool. She just doesn't get phased by anything. She was like, you're an idiot. And then my dad was like, you're an idiot. You know, it was just kind of like, why did you do that? And, and then I'm said, like, that's I said, impressive. I want a trip to Atlanta for doing it. I mean, like, people have done stupider things on like Fear Factor for bigger, bigger prizes. So, uh, yeah, that was the that was yeah. So I didn't get a lot of sleep. That was, that was about it. Wow. <laughs> the, I'll stop my question. No. Anyway. We won't go any. We won't go any further. Yeah. Um, just for the sake of our listeners. But. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really funny too, because we were both like, should we do it? Yeah, no, yes, no. Can we be held liable? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> like, I mean, not to like, not to, these are lawyers who well, are drinking yeah, this exactly, shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did say at one point, it's like, well, just go get like real maple syrup. I'm yeah. not spend all that money on that shit. Yeah, no. Like the difference between real maple syrup and like what we drank was like a dollar a bottle, and I would have been like, I would have gladly donated for uh, the good, good, uh, yeah. the real. But uh, yeah, so but not to dive back in, I will say, I did win. I'm very proud of that. However, I feel super bad for the two people that lost because they drank four fifths of a bottle of syrup and didn't win anything yeah. for doing it. I think both of them threw up. Afterwards, oh yeah, they will. Yeah, like Preston. Preston yeah. did yeah. it, and Preston, I like that guy's got an iron stomach. He can do it, of course, and he's a big crawfish boiler too. And I've seen him eat some of the spiciest food known to man and just be perfectly fine. So when I went into the bathroom to throw up at Mellow, he was, he was right behind me and he was like, you going to actually do it or should I just go ahead? And I'm, I got out and he was like, done immediately. <laughs> and I was so jealous because I'm like trying so hard. It just didn't happen. So uh, yeah, needless to say, 
I think the, like the 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 general life expectancy table said I was going to be like seventy eight. I think I cut off a decade easily. <laughs> uh, that was before any of the other bad choices I've made. So that was that was probably. Yeah, and then you went to Ford Twenty Fest and drank a keg in three days. I have no idea what you're talking about. I was, at, <laughs> I, was at a, I was at a family barbecue. I was surrounded by what some would call witnesses, but I would call close family members who would testify on my behalf. No, uh, Ford Twenty. I mean, that was that's a great. Is time. there any chance of you ever being able to go back to that? To Ford Twenty Fest. Yes. I mean, yeah, absolutely. I I had a great time. It's difficult because that's Jamie's birthday weekend. Yeah. And so we won trivia this year, and I was like, yes, I'd like to go. And then Jamie was like, well, that's my birthday weekend. And, of course, you know, I, I'm going to be with my wife on her birthday Absolutely. Weekend. And also, she's normally busy that weekend. So she, what's the ultimate irony is that this year she had a wedding, like the day before yeah, her birthday. April. And I was like, I was like, well, can I go to Atlanta with the boys? And she's like, nah, it's my birthday weekend. I said, you're working all weekend. <laughs> so of course, you know, I had to be there, and we, you know, we celebrate a couple days late. But yeah, uh, yeah. So I would, I mean, I would love to go back, but so far I haven't gotten a chance to. Yeah, so. I think it's up in the air whether or not that's happening next year or not. <sighs> that's a shame. So but if we do shame. do it, I'll talk to Jamie and for you. I might be making a return. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Well, if that's the case, you know, I'm <clears> yeah, there, we'll see what's so. up. No, so can I tell you the the and I'm, I'm like the Sweetwater people that may listen to this may hate me for it, but this is true. So we, you know, we're all like lawyers, and so we're all losers. Like we all have jobs, and so the Sunday of 420, the, the year we the the syrup chugging victory, the year we went, um, we're in the elevator on Sunday morning, and of course, you know, we're super worse for wear, and. Uh, these were very grungy man. I remember kids. walking out. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, I remember walking into your hotel room. Yeah, with the four dudes, and I was just like, "What the fuck did you guys do in yeah. here? Oh my god!" <laughs> like I had to walk out of the fucking room. The ultimate irony is, is that Emily actually stayed in that room. We were just, <laughs> no, I'm just, right. I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I love. I love. No, I'm just kidding. No, sincerely, you know, we, like. Because it well, it rained all weekend. Yeah. We were covered in mud, yep. and of course, you know it's hot, so you're you're sweating inside your rain jacket, and then you're you know you're drinking beer, and you're not eating very healthy food because yeah. the like the VIP tent, which was amazing, uh, had like I think it was like Ted's, Mon- Ted's Montana Grill came, and I'm like, this may be bison, but it, <laughs> it is not going to settle well on top of these 17 IPAs I've had. <laughs> Since 8 a.m. Uh, no, so we're going down in the elevator on the last day on Sunday. And, of course, you know, we're all just we're just so ready to drive back six hours back to Destin. And these two kids are in the elevator. And they – so if you thought our room smelled bad, multiply that by an order of magnitude and then put that in an elevator. And so that's who was on this elevator with us. And, you know, they're just, they're just super excited coming off of whatever psychotropic they're on. And I'm like, I'm going to take off my wristband. I'm going like, to offer it to this kid. And you would have thought it was like the scene from Last Crusade, when, <laughs> yeah, like when he when he grabs the cup of Christ and like you know the the knight says like you chose correctly. Basically, he was just like, oh my gosh! And his friend like looks longingly at they look longingly yeah, at each other, one. and then Shiraz goes, oh, you can have mine too. And you, I mean, like we made their day twice in like twenty <laughs> seconds, and it was like I think that they were on so many drugs that they were actually like ten second toms, like. They had forgotten that there were other wristbands in the elevator, 
and then so they got to celebrate all over again it was great uh <laughs> and so yeah so we we uh, we gave away our wristband on the last day and so in the vip area there was probably all kinds of like really classy atlanta people and these two kids with bootleg wristbands having just the time yeah. of that's right. sunday so yeah I mean, that, was, that was probably before they added the uh, credit card chip to it oh, yeah these didn't have <laughs> chips on them. no no yeah. no no this was uh this was uh pre pre-chip uh, yeah this was just there were no chips so there was no way to know how many times you went and got food they also provided v- food oh yeah so like people were getting three and four meals at lunch and shit so like like ran it they ran out of meals yeah uh, you could go and just get however many beers you wanted, and they yeah. were giving them a cans. It wasn't draft. They had it was yeah. when they first came out with the pint cans, yeah. Yeah, 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 and they had twelve ounce too. But you could go and say, "I need seven IPA cans," and they had to sit there and open each can for you. And just hand them. Yeah. So, so we just make runs and we're coming back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we you know in our in our group, uh, and that, so we'll talk about four twenty. There's some funny, funny, funny stories from four twenty fest. But uh, you know, in our group. Uh, Gresham, Emily, and I are really the beer drinkers. Shiraz doesn't really drink a lot. Yeah. Jay drinks a lot of whiskey. He's not exactly a beer drinker. And so that weekend, they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to – we'll drink some beer. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that's another person to bring me more beer because, like, that's not – they're not normally going. And so, you know, uh, I know Gresham and Emily and I, we we, we put a hurt – in the brand and i want to apologize <laughs> uh but i bought plenty of it too so it worked out great but uh so the emily so okay this is day two saturday maybe and we're you know the the because we're we're you know, we're vip they had like this st- standing area the vip st- you remember this and it was super rainy and wet and everything but the closest uh porta potties were through the crowd the main crowd and then through like the edm stage crowd the, like across the park basically and Emily, this is middle of the day. It's two o'clock. We're, we're all probably worse for wear. And Emily's like, I got to go to the bathroom. And so she, I'm like, okay. So she, she said, just watch out for me. And I'm like, okay. So I realize like half an hour goes by and Emily has not come back. And so I look over at Gresham and I'm like, we got to go find Emily because, you know, something may be wrong you know, with all these people. And so, you know, if, if you don't know Gresham Foster, you can Google N. Gresham Foster and find a picture of him. You can find a picture of me very easily, chugging syrup. Uh, we don't exactly look like the type of people that are walking through an EDM show, <laughs> much less a show at 420 Fest. And, of course, like underneath my North Face rain jacket, I'm wearing like a button-up, you know. And so I, I, we're walking through the crowd, and I hear as we're walking, like, narc, narc, narc. Like, people are, like, yelling that we're cops. <laughs> Because Gresham and I, like, we both have, you know, we both have short hair, you know, and we had little beards to make us look like we were cool, you know. And, like, people were, you know, dropping stuff on the ground as we're walking by. And it was every bit of me not to be like, that's right. You give that to me and you don't do that again. But I couldn't do it. I, you know, I couldn't. But so eventually I, I get over there and Emily has found the other beer tent where there's no one else, like the other beer just dispensing area and she's been like oh yeah i've been drinking over here for like 25 minutes what have you guys been doing i'm like <laughs> you know i just i just waited through like 500 people to, to make sure you were okay and she's like i'm fine let's go let's just walk back so uh i look like a cop i think that's what uh that's what that taught me so i'm yeah. okay with that <clears throat> yeah that's funny i didn't know that happened when i walk through people just go doses doses, <laughs> doses. <laughs> no Hell. Got them red tops. Yeah. I would, it, my favorite, like if I, if I got uh, cat called, like I was on the wire, like, you know, like, you know, they talk about like all the different types of drugs they're selling. The wire is my favorite television show of all time. If you haven't watched it, you're missing out. But uh, 
they the names they give what they're selling is just so creative. I just you know, I think I've missed out on that part of uh, society. Like well, they talk you know like and so this is two thousand and two, two thousand three. Yeah, it was it was an older show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right so like I one of the one of the like one of the ones I will remember is they called it like Bin Laden. Like that, the, that like the movie. the drug. No, it was like heroin. Oh. They called like the, you know, and of course the the gel caps that they come in. At, this is again all from the show, not from personal experience. But the gel caps they come in would have different colored tops to uh, to signify different brands, if you will. And uh, throughout the show, like through the the six or five five seasons of the show, uh, you got to see this evolution of like common phrases, and so. Uh, like 2002, the like the street kids were calling it like Bin Laden, basically, and then in 2007, 2008, um, you would hear pop culture references that have nothing to do with 2001. You know, it's really interesting. Really, you just kind of see the the progression. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's, that's real. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, it's David Simon, who's a big New Orleans guy as well. Uh, did you watch? Did you watch Treme? Uh, a couple, the yeah. first couple episodes and I yeah. just couldn't get into it. And I even like, uh, Steve Zahn, but yeah. I just, well, so Steve Earle <clears throat> has a part and, uh, you know, uh, Copperhead Road, uh, Steve is that still Earle. going on? Is that, a, is that show still running? No, no. That's, yeah. I think two seasons, it was a okay. two, two and done. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so, uh, that's, it's worth, worth, worth a shot, but it's David Simon as well. So yeah. I'm yeah, big fan of that. Yeah. I couldn't get into it, man. I tried. I was like, this is going to be great. Yeah. It's about New Orleans and music. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> you know, so you know, we're we're living in like the golden age of of television. We're this is the best time ever to yeah. to be a consumer of media right now because there's a consumer of anything. Oh yeah, well that's true. That's true. Well, you know, we talk like in our office, we talk a lot about sort of macro trends because that's important for if you're an investor to understand sort of those things and. Um, you know, there's never been a time when you could have just incredible content of any kind, music, film, dance, like it can, you can curate yourself down to exactly what you like all the time. And there's, I mean, there's, there's never been a better time to, to be a consumer of really anything. I mean, yeah. but especially television, especially media, um, you know, that's like, we talk about Netflix all the time. You know, Netflix is a uh, super interesting business model. Like, for the longest time, they didn't make very much money. Uh, and they're they're spending, I think this year, they're going to spend like $8 billion on content. Yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. But the irony is, and this is just, this is just my two cents, um, I, as everyone's listening, uh, please, for the next few minutes, this is not legal or professional financial advice, and consult your own people. Uh, that's my disclaimer. But like uh, Netflix is is spending the money that like a Disney would spend on content. But I think the difference is, you know, when we were all young, we went and saw The Lion King. Our kids will watch the exact same Lion King that we watched. Is it very likely that your kids will watch the Lost in Space remake that Netflix just did? No. I didn't watch it, and I'm not going to watch it. 20 years or five years or one year from now. And so I think they're valuing their content the way that Disney does, but the quality is not anywhere. It doesn't have the staying power that like a Disney what? does. Yeah. I, it's, it's a, you know, I disagree. With you. You, so you think like 25 years from now, their library will be just as powerful as it is today. Ooh, I don't think so. Ooh, I, th I do. Yeah. You're saying, you're I saying think, the content... I think, 
I think your kids are going to be watching Stranger Things in 15 years. Well, no, so that's, there's exceptions to the yeah. rule. I mean, as, I mean, yeah. House of Cards is a, well, it's a remake of a BBC yeah. show, first of all. But um, House of Cards is amazing. I think people are going to be watching House of Cards for a long There's exceptions to every rule. Don't get me wrong. But they didn't spend $8 billion on Stranger Things, House of Cards. Uh, Pe- I think Peaky Blinders is probably one that will be. They're, now, their documentary stuff. Peaky Blinders didn't start out as a Netflix, though, none, right? None of those. Yeah. You're also but they brought about, it on. Though. But you're yeah. also yeah. talking about content that you're watching as opposed to content that children are watching. That's true. Content that other people are watching. That's true. Very There's true. A, uh, Again, curated down to yeah, what I knows? like. That's the irony. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. But, yeah. but just like that. So you're you're taking something that, um, um, like, like Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders is a BBC show. Yeah. We just, uh, Netflix carries yeah. it. Uh, they're spending so the money to have. make it their content yeah and there are a lot of shows that even like a uh not amc uh, amazon are picking up yeah like there's a i, mean, I don't know if you guys are in the sci-fi at all but there's a there's a phenomenal Nerd. show no, there is there's a phenomenal show called the expanse the, i started watching yeah the expanse. yeah yeah i'm familiar it with is, it yeah it is yeah. the best sci-fi show that is on tv sci-fi canceled it but it's also <laughs> not a sci-fi show it's actually done by it's it's Canadian. It's yeah. from it's from it, their their network's called Space or something like yeah. that. So Sci-Fi canceled it. Didn't put any money back into it. So Amazon picked it up. I mean, so it was, it, yeah, the, the, people are moving money here and there. Like you're talking about, like the quality. Uh, like you just said, you don't think they're gonna watch that 25 years later? Fuck yeah, they are. You didn't watch that Lost in Space reboot? No, dude, it's it's good. I got ha- I got halfway <laughs> through it. No. It's good, but you're I got you're, halfway you through it. Lost interest. You're not yeah. you're not a kid. Yeah. That's true. It it that's what it's for. I mean, that's it's true. for like fans. Like I'm a fan of it. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't a. Fa- I'm not, dude. I'm 30 years old. I'm not a fan of the fucking 60s show. I wasn't that's true. That. That's true. And uh, and the one with Joey from Friends but wasn't I, that good either. So. But I wasn't a fan of that because I was like, you know, seven years old. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is fucking right. Yeah. That's true. But I guess that's that's fair. But yeah. as a but as a child, you know, you get into that. That's the same shit with like people talking about Star Wars. Like oh well yeah but it, it's not as serious and because it's not for you yeah it's for kids well now so so, so I think Star Wars maybe like goes more to my point than than yours though because d- obviously Disney owns the Star Wars brand yeah. and you know the sort of the the nine part original series that was envisioned by George Lucas has obviously become more movies you know now we've got uh, a solo spinoff. Uh, now we've got the uh, the Rogue One spinoff, which I loved Rogue yeah. One. I thought it was excellent. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to spoil it. Because in every other Star Wars movie, only good things happen. And in Rogue One, bad things happen. And I think that's super... Uh, it's definitely outside of the traditional Disney brand. And so to that to that end, I think that they own th- they own streams of content that will be viable not only in their original form but in the offshoots for years and years like they're you know right now i think that uh jason moma called drogo from yeah. um uh, game of thrones you mean aquaman <laughs> yeah no vincent chase is aquaman <laughs> uh that's a that's an entourage <laughs> reference uh i got it i got it um no so i think he i, th- I want to say that he's in the live action remake of the little mermaid he is the prince so just think, I'm like, The Little Mermaid was an animated movie that came out in the early 90s that when we were kids, and we probably saw it, and our parents had the VHS tape with the, the like, the, the plastic that would cut you. Yeah. Dick. Oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to go that deep, but, uh, but they're, you know, 30 years later, they can remake that with live action people, and guess what? They'd re-up the copyright on it, and now little kids are going to want to watch the animated version, and they're going to want to watch yeah. the live action version. So... 
uh, I mean, I love, I'm a, I'm a, the biggest Netflix consumer you can find. I mean, my wife talked about murder stuff on the podcast. We watch all that together. She's not doing that alone, uh, which would be weird if she were. <laughs> but um, by the way, have you guys seen The Jinx on HBO with Robert Durst? So, okay. Wow. How much time do we have left? No. We're here, man. Uh, yeah. So uh, this is all true. Uh, the Durst family, they're kind of like the Trumps. They're from New York. They're property developers, and and they own like really really large office buildings, commercial office buildings in in Manhattan. Uh, so super wealthy, very successful. Uh, Robert Durst is like the second son of the of the family. Uh, wanted to be like wanted to be like an organic farmer, so he moved up to New Hampshire and met this girl that he fell in love with. And um, one night she just didn't come home. She, you know, they got married, they had a good life, and one night she just didn't come home. And so everybody was kind of always saying, like, Robert was a little weird, but he loved her. So, you know, what happened, we don't know. Kathy, I think, was her, her name. Uh, he goes on living his life. Um, years and years later, he is arrested for the, the murder and dismemberment of a guy that was renting a room in a boarding house across the, the hall from him. Um, and the what made the case super interesting was that he was cross-dressing to hide his identity from whom we do not know, but he rented the apartment as a woman named Dorothy Siner, wore a wig and heels and dress and makeup all the time when going out in public, and, uh, of course, like, lived a very hand-to-mouth subsistence lifestyle, and, uh, you know, obviously he gets arrested for the, the murder, and he literally cut his neighbor's body up piece by piece, joint by joint, and dumped it in the Houston Bay. This is in Galveston, excuse me, Galveston, I think. And, uh, you know, he gets, he gets arrested and this is true. This is the most, like, if you don't want to watch this after I tell you this, I don't know if you're into the murder stuff, but, uh, the arresting officer says, you know, he says, well, what do you, am I going to be set free on bond? And the arresting officer says, well, I think bond's going to be you know, close to half a million dollars. Do you no have problem. half a million dollars? And he goes, well, not on me. Yeah. Like just cold. It's like, well, I don't have it on <clears> me. <throat> and th- the minute that happens, I'm like, I'm locked in. I'm locked into this. And uh, I think that, uh, I want to say that uh, Jake. It's Gyllenhaal, on HBO. It's on it's, HBO. It's, it's called The Jinx. Yeah. It's a 10 part real, real crime docu-series. You're in the first 15 minutes. You're Ooh, locked in. My dude. wife's gonna go nuts. I'm yeah, like, I got something new for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if you if you like making a murderer, if you like that, yeah, great. Did, did you see um, Evil Genius? I'm into yeah about the yeah. about the neck bomb, yeah. the head bomb. Did you I'm see into that? all that. Yeah. Oh man, oh, I'm man. into all that true crime shit. Yeah. But like, I think both I think both of our wives might take it a little bit further than we do. Maybe. Oh yeah. I don't know. You might you might be super into it. I don't know where you are. But, well, I mean, you know, but like my wife, like yeah. she's listening to like when she listens to podcasts, it's a, it's about murder. Yeah. <laughs> when, when 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 we're at home, like when I come home for lunch or something, and she's doing stuff around the house, it's on ID. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know? Oh totally. Totally. All the time. No. Uh, there's gotta be like there's gotta be some some type of consequence from that. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, from just being surrounded by it all the time. So you know, like, I didn't, I didn't listen to Jamie's episode. Did she talk about uh, Gone Girl at all? A yes. Okay. Yeah. Did she, she said you slept on the couch. Yeah, that night. I, I absolutely slept on the couch that night. I said, like, I love you so much. I trust you with everything, but I'm sleeping on the couch for the next couple of nights because that, like, you know, she got super into Gone Girl. Yeah. And that is like, you're like, okay, well, you know, I would never doubt that my wife loves me, but that seems like a very normal common person in that film 
And if she, you know, she can go to these yeah. horrible extremes, of course it's all. You know. I remember having a really bad feeling after it. Yeah. Like I remember after yeah. the movie, I just remember yeah. feeling kind of. Mm. It was. It, it, it's like it, Vanilla Sky. Yeah. It, oh, super <laughs> yeah. uneasy. Super uneasy. You, you just don't know. Yeah. Super uneasy. So yeah, I, I did sleep on the couch, but. Uh, uh, you didn't yeah. like Vanilla Sky. No, I liked Vanilla Sky. It's just okay. I need to add context to it. The first time I saw Vanilla Sky was on Christmas Eve. With Weird. my whole family. Weird. And I was 13, I think. Oh. What a, what a movie yeah. to watch on Christmas Well, Eve. okay. Now, to add even more context to that, all of us kids were super involved in, like, Southern Baptist Youth Group. Yeah. Uh, my parents were Sunday school teachers. If the church doors were open, we were there. And we were just like... Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. It's got to be good. No research. Maybe it's a rom-com. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, at, like, we went to dinner after the movie. How and did we you were come all, at me? We were, like, 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 oh, oh, we were, yeah. Like, how are you going to oh. Yeah. And, like, we really, we almost couldn't oh. have a conversation at dinner. No youth way. Youth group drew just, like, oh, yeah. oh, Because we were tough. just, we were just kind of looking at each other. And I said, does anyone feel okay right now? And they're, they're no. We uh, play yeah. the Beach Boys. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've watched it a couple times since then. I'm like, that's a great movie. But also, there's there's concepts in there. Like when I, uh, in that's... 2000 and no 99 was probably when that came out, no, right? No, no. I mean, it Look it up, little, Google man. Come it was, on. It was a little later than that. That's actually. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, because that's a. Rem- I have no idea. That's a remake as well. That's actually a remake. I don't know, man. I think Vanilla Sky. 2000 at the absolute mm-hmm. latest. Hold on, man. Let me look at this. I think it might still be in the 90s. Well, while, while you guys are Googling so hard, did either one of you, are either one of you into the Scientology thing? Oh, 2001. Yeah. yeah something like, it, it's a remake. It's a remake of a film oh. called um, uh, Open Your Eyes. Yeah. And that's uh. actually that's actually what, um, and, and what's her name's in it as well? Um it's it it Cameron Diaz is in it, but it's really uh, Tom Cruise and what's her what's her name? You just had it up, right? The, I just the, pulled up the date, the uh, the uh, uh, IMDb. What's her name? Uh, Penelope Cruz. Oh, okay. And Penelope Cruz was was in the original, and it's like it's like, it's more fucked up. I think it's like a, I think it's Italian. Oh. It is, it, it's a fucked up film. Yeah. But like lucid dreaming was a, a unfamiliar concept to me. Yeah. I I mean this is. 17 years ago i was yeah. totally unfamiliar with that so have we you read a lot about like, that by fuck. the way i wanted to talk uh, about, about scientology lucid, but i'd rather talk about, about lucid, lucid dreaming, dreaming? yeah i'm not i'm not well versed on it really? but mm-hmm. what you can lucid dream mm-hmm. it, it's been a problem for me i think it actually attributes to my like I, I, alcoholism I, probably <laughs> I'm just I, but no, but for, I, I, i've got like i've got i think i have like slight uh uh like insomnia uh, uh, yeah. Like I don't sleep well, yeah, and me so too. I, I I just can't turn it off. Yeah. So when I do turn it off, I'm just out. Yeah. And I, I you can't wake me up, and but I'm 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 there, like I'm in there. Yeah. Like I'm I'm fully aware of what's going on and what I'm doing. So only recently have I had that experience, and that's really, which is I mean I'm I'm uh, strangely very similar. Like uh, if there's if the house is burning down and I'm asleep. I'm pr- unless unless something bad happens to me, I'm not waking up. Like mm-hmm. I just don't wake up. Um, but really recently, like I started reading about people that really got deep into trying to control their dreams. And also, and I wanted to talk about my love of Christopher Nolan. So in uh, Inception really brought this home for me. But uh, I got I like I read a lot about. It, I got really into it. And then I, this is so not made up. Like seven or eight months ago, I had a dream, and I, in the dream, I remember saying, "I'm dreaming." 
and like I had a moment of rational thought inside of a dream yeah. and then woke up a few moments later and of course like the whole time I'm thinking like this is crazy like this I know what's happening right now and I've mm. never had that feeling before and I haven't really dreamed much since but I did have that one moment um, did you control? Did you control things for a minute? After I tried that? to. I mean, I think I. I think it's a muscle. I honestly yeah. think it's something you. Yeah, have to, oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I mean, is I. I realized I was dreaming, and I. I think I want to. I want to say that it was like a walking around sort of dream. Aren't there tricks and stuff you can do? To, yeah, to I, get yeah. Better at it. Yeah, and... I mean, again, it's all. It all goes back to 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 Inception and, and Nolan. He's the man. He's yeah. the like. If I if there's one person that I would love to interview on a podcast would be Christopher Nolan. I yeah. think he's his uh thought process for writing and uh so can we so favorite movie of all time. What is your favorite movie of all time? Oh that's you can't just put me on this. Okay, let's what's your favorite movie the last like ten years? That's 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 the easy one. Man, I'm, I'm gonna give you a stupid answer just No, not, there's no stupid no 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 no. I know man. I've, so mine hands down I know this sounds my favorite movie the last like I, I, maybe it's Wall Street years. maybe well I will <laughs> so I saw that on Christmas Day with my mom so yeah. not awkward at all yeah. uh, no my favorite movie the last 10 years is The Prestige okay. the, the magic movie mm-hmm. um, and uh, only recently did my brother who's just he's such a prodigious reader internet reader um, he brought a new theory about the outcome of the prestige to me and just totally changed the way I think. So was, I love the movie as it was. I've not seen it. Oh my goodness. Okay. So um, when we get done with this, you're going to make me a list. Of, oh yeah. Like content. So to I'm, like, check I'm out. like a huge consumer, obviously of all these. So the prestige is amazing. So, um, Christopher Nolan written and directed, uh, Hugh Jackman plays a, uh, he's, he is magician a, mm-hmm. and, uh, Christian Bale is magician B. Okay. They're both, it's uh, set in London, uh, turn of the century, early 1900s. Um, they're both kind of on the come up as young performers. And they're uh, under the tutelage of Michael Caine, who is who they call their ingenue. He's basically their, or their, their engineer, maybe, not ingenue. Ingenue is uh, what the Scarlett Johansson character is. Anyways, um, the first line of the movie is describing the three acts of a magic trick which is basically uh, showing you the trick, um, doing the trick, and then the prestige is the reveal to show that everything's okay or the woman is not really sawed in half or the bird in the cage hasn't been smashed, she's actually under the handkerchief, that kind of thing. And uh, basically, Christian Bale um, is accused of but never really uh, convicted of accidentally causing the death of Hugh Jackman's young love and so they start to basically have like a magic fight, like a rivalry, if you will. And uh, dude, David Bowie plays Nikola Tesla <laughs> in the movie. Um, so there's a there's there's the there's the sort of the current wars uh, happening as a backstop of the movie. The sort of like you know at the turn of the century, people thought technology was totally like the things that we're experiencing now, like FaceTime. They thought they would be able to do in like five years, basically. Um, so that that's sort of a backstory to it, but the 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 you know you'll have to watch the movie because the twist is you will not see the twist coming basically yeah. you won't see it coming classic Nolan, but the theory that my brother showed me um, like totally upended what I loved about the movie and so now I'm watching it again thinking about it in a whole different way and I just think that goes to show 
how good Nolan is at writing and directing because I thought I thought I knew the movie down pat. I knew the lines. I knew what happened. And then Pat was like, no, no, no. Reinterpret the first few lines of the movie in this mindset, and you will think about it completely differently. <clears throat> it's well, so that, cool. That's a good. That's a great way for yeah. movies to be. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, recent. We're talking about our uh, favorite recent film last like last year. decade. Yeah, last decade. Which was. I, the mine, mine is the Prestige, the magic movie with Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale and Michael Caine. I didn't have much time to think about it. Yeah, it's I mean, probably I like, put probably like Wolf of Wall Street or something like that. Or yeah, sorry, uh, something not too serious, but no, still, yeah, yeah, you know, comical. Oh, and... Yeah, the and the Prestige is definitely serious. Yeah. <laughs> I had to step out for a minute. It was an ordeal. We went to dinner with my girlfriend's sister, and uh, they were coming from all the way from like like past Miramar. Uh huh. So they were a little late getting in here, blah, blah, blah. So I, I had to leave, leave dinner early, so she had to come pick up the Jeep, and then she realized she didn't have keys, and then she realized she didn't have house keys, so I apologize. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for leaving you out. So, okay, if you could go back, let's go back to, like, the full history of cinema. Like, what's your favorite movie of all time? I mean, just all around. Yeah. Like, a, a movie that left me with, like, a good feeling, or, you know, just, or some sort of feeling that I would still remember. Like, the first time I saw Forrest Gump, oh. like, I was like, what a fucking <laughs> great movie. Such a good yeah, like, I will, it's just I will never put a top. I, I don't. Have, yeah, that, that I couldn't. I couldn't thing. tell you my favorite, but yeah, that that's what comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. But I'll say top three. Uh, the Fifth Element. Oh wow! Phenomenal. Yeah, it covers every base. It's action. <laughs> it's comedy. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's 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 Chris Tucker. That's Chris all Tucker. You, that's all you need well, to say. Bruce Willis. Chris Tucker. <laughs> Man, <laughs> Super Green. Oh my god. Um. The, the, the 90s uh, uh, remake of Great Expectations with Ethan Hawke and uh, wow. Gwyneth Paltrow. I think that hit home for me really hard because that ap- ap- adaptation is set on the Gulf Coast of Mexico. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just beautifully done. It's phenomenal. Uh, shit, even like Robert De Niro's in it. Uh, I mean, dude, it, it, it's great. Um, third, shit. It's tough. It's yeah, tough, it's tough to do. Too. Well, I mean, there's you know, we're we've been talking about it for a while now. This is like, I think that like my if you ask my dad what his favorite movie is, he'd be like, it's The Godfather. There's no, I mean, like he would it would it would be reflexive. Like if you're asking what his yeah. name is, and I think that now, like we from our phones, from a little metal box we carry in our pocket, we can literally consume anything that's ever been made anywhere ever. Period. 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 That is crazy. And I think it makes it more difficult to pick things that you just want to like the like the old date game was like you know if you could go to a, a, a desert island you only could bring five records what were the records you yeah. could bring I'm like Brian just bring my iPhone I call an Uber <laughs> a boat Uber and I'd be Spotify streaming the entire time I don't need to have anything so I you know it's uh it's it's definitely different but uh, that's well, any information I mean even yeah. pretty you can get pretty close to accurate yeah we just got vanilla sky quickly. in yeah. like 30 seconds i mean yeah. that, that goes to show <laughs> 2001 drew would have argued about that for an hour and that movie came out in 2001 but like no that was 99 <laughs> that was 99 yeah i was a little older than 13 at the time yeah. but still young actually so it's funny you say that so i'm uh i'm not a big twitter user like i don't tweet but i love again i consume the heck out of some twitter I saw the other day this woman that w- went on a date in San Francisco, and the guy she was on a date with said that he was a iOS developer for the last 15 years, 
and the woman didn't think about it at the time. The iPhone's only been out since like 2006. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like maybe either his math is wrong or he is not factually accurate. It's, you know, I don't want to say fake news, but, uh, and so I thought that was, I'm like, the, yeah, that is maybe something he was that... just like counting his time at <laughs> Apple before that. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe you know. I just thought it was funny that like, that's a thing that she thought to share with the world that someone else would find interesting. And then another person, another person eventually gets to a reporter that I follow yeah. and then it becomes God. Now, now Drew in Destin, Florida knows about this woman's horrible Tinder date. You know, remember that? Remember in 03 when like Windows for Mac Ugh. was like selling like oh hotcakes? Mm. Like almost everyone who had a Mac got Windows for Mac. Yeah. Yeah. You had to boot camp that shit. It's crazy. There, the, the, so I was, cause I'm a huge nerd. I was on the golf team. I'm still, I, yeah, I love to play golf. Uh, and I play, I played golf in college, obviously, too. <laughs> Um, well you know golf, golf is an in, golf is not is not something that like you know it it's not a, it's not a team sport obviously you play as a team but it's an individual and you're not even playing against one on you're not playing against somebody else you're playing against the course and yourself yeah. um so it really it's like a sport for introspection and that's why i think so many golfers are like head cases but anyways i was i never ro- rode the bus i lived from uh my middle school to my house was about 500 yards if i could jump a fence i could have done it in about two or three minutes um but the golf course was on the other side of town so we had to ride a bus to golf practice every day i'll never forget this as long as i live 1999 this kid in the back of the bus was a big icp fan and he had a disc man and he had two computer speakers that he had like hot wired batteries and he would blast icp in the back of the bus and I, I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of the music, obviously, because I'm a yuppie. But uh, I was like, dude, this guy has like 15 songs on this CD and we can all listen to it. And I think about that, like, you know, I was probably, I was, you know, I was in seventh grade and I thought this was mind changing technology. And now I'm like, oh, you mean I can't get paper towels delivered to me in one hour because I don't live close enough to an Amazon distribution center? Like... We should move. Like we should move to Atlanta. I can get paper towels in an hour. So you know the 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 speed of of uh, technology catching up to us is just unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. That's why turning off your phone is like the new cool thing to do at dinner. Have you seen people do that where they put them in the basket? Dude, I've had this conversation several times on this podcast. If I could, I would. I'd get rid of my phone. I, absolutely, and I love technology. Yeah. But if I had the option, if if I had if I would if I had enough money to where I didn't have to run my business. I would have a flip phone. That's originally what that bowl was for. You know, <clears throat> yeah, this bowl was originally for us to. Put we should bring it over. back here. Let's. Well, <laughs> well, and then stupid shit like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, it's it's crazy. We're I and I'm a I'm a relatively late adopter. Like I'm not. Uh, I've ne- I wasn't quick to. I, you know, I had a flip phone. I didn't even have an iPhone until I was in law school. Mm-hmm. And I only did that so I could like Google things while I was in class like, in case I needed. Yeah. So law school is a. I don't. Did Jay talk about? Did how many other, how many other lawyers have you had on the? the oh, uh, I've had three. I've had three now okay. with you, uh, Emily. Okay. Jay and okay. yourself, like the, you're half the trivia. The thing. trifecta. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, no, I mean, I don't. You know, law school is. Uh, horrible experience i don't encourage anyone to go through it unless they're really interested in being a lawyer and then you have to but um like it is every day that you're in class especially the first year you're uh you know you are basically on the chopping block every day every class 
the professors, there's no one is your friend because they they're, they're trying to weed you out. They're trying to be like, if you're not fully committed to doing the work it takes and they're not trying to be mean. It's just that to be a good lawyer, you do have to be able to sit in a room by yourself and read a book that someone wrote 65 years ago that has nothing to do with your life today for an hour. And if you can't do that, then you, it's not for you. And so, like, we would be in class and the professor would be like, okay, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, uh, service of process today and civil, you know, civil uh, procedure. And if you didn't know the answer and you didn't have your, uh, your laptop in front of you as a shield to Google the answer, uh, your phone was, like, your best bet. And I'm like, I'm getting an iPhone. I, I mean, I'm not going to get not called on and, and not at least be able to, you know, act like I'm trying to look up the answer or something. And so, uh, yeah, but I was a late adopter too. I was, I was a razor guy for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'll never go back. I'm, I'm Steve jobs has got me. Yeah. I say I'd like to go to a flip phone, but then uh, give me a week. I'd probably, I had, I, had the yeah. first, I had the first iPhone. Yeah. I Did say, you? I, oh yeah. I say, I saved up. I like saved up and saved up because, um, like I had an iPod forever yeah. and then they went from iPod to iPod. Touch. Know, to, 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 the iTouch. To, 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 to yeah. The phone. Yeah. I think I the like, iTouch uh, came out the same time as the iPhone. Yeah. Think. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, and I, yeah, I was like, it was like a whole summer or whatever. And I, like, I saved up and I, like, I knew it was coming. Boom. Yeah. I got one. Yeah. And they weren't that, I, th- I want to say I paid like 300 bucks Probably, or something. Yeah. Like, Steve, yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah, like that. That was a yeah. thousand fucking oh, yeah. dollars. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the ultimate irony of, uh, not, I mean, I'm, you know, not to get too deep into it, but like that's the ultimate irony of um, inflation for young people. Uh, e- almost everything that we buy as young people, as consumers, especially millennials who more categorically have put off buying a home for longer, have put off having a family for longer, have put off like big purchases like cars because we'd like to live in cities where we can bike or walk mm-hmm. or take public transit. So, like, you know, the whole economy that relies on us buying washing machines has sort of been delayed by a decade. And the ultimate irony is that young people, the things that we are buying, are getting cheaper every single day. Food has never been more efficiently cheaper than it's been now. You can get it anywhere, anytime brought to you from your phone, you know. Uh, think, you know, the, the think my, like my parents talk about the first microwave they bought was like $400. And now you can buy a microwave brand new for like twenty five bucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you know, so the the things that we're buying as consumers are getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. But the only way that companies can continue to make money is to to innovate newer and shinier and newer and shinier. Because effectively, at the base, it's still just a phone. It's still just a it's an iPod with a phone with the internet that allows. It's you a to little computer. Yeah, that's all yeah. it is. You know, and. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I have the, so for the longest time I had an iPhone 5. I had a 5 since they came out and I never got a new one and people made fun of me because like the 6 and the 7 and the 8 came out and the 10 and I still had my little 5 and um, eventually I went to the iPhone store because I broke the screen like, you get the 8 for free and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll take it and now I'll never, never go back. You know, it's just the, you know, you're just sort of, you get locked in. And, yeah. You know, you, yeah, you got the, the red tops. You get, you for, for me, it's the amount of time that I find myself getting sucked into wasting my fucking time on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. I mean, 
I got I I put out a really big Instagram push because I knew I was coming on the podcast, so I wanted to make sure that my handle was active. But uh, I don't I I try to be more of a consumer of that as well, mm-hmm. um, especially Twitter. Twitter you can go down a real oh. rabbit hole real quick, and there's so oh, many man. horrible people yeah. that are just anonymous on the internet. Um, that are going to make fun of me for chugging syrup. I'm sure they just, the, the comments are going to be running rampant now, but, uh, well, and, but you can get in a rabbit hole in anything, man. Like today yeah. I got, uh, like I got, I got another tattoo today and a, I it's, saw, it's, yeah, it's a dinosaur oh, tattoo yeah. and I'm doing this whole sleeve concept and there's, there's some meaning behind it. We won't get into that. I don't want to talk about my fucking tattoos on the podcast, but, <laughs> but I saw Jurassic, I saw the new Jurassic park last night as well. Cause you can go, if you're a member of Stubbs, <laughs> yeah. you can get $5 movies on Tuesday night. You hyped yourself up. So, well, no, I did. I did. I didn't even think about the fact that I had another appointment. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm like, I have a new appointment like every three weeks now. So it's not. Like I'm not stoked to like I'm not looking forward to my appointment for several it's weeks. Work now. again. I just want the whole thing done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got I got done with that, and then I came here. I had several hours of work to do, and then I had a meeting right before this podcast. But I I got into a rabbit hole because I was trying to figure out how how Christians uh, uh, how they can in their head believe in dinosaurs. So I read several different essays written. Yeah. Because most most Christians believe that the Earth is six thousand years old, and you can't believe in dinosaurs and believe the Earth is six thousand years at the same time. So I found some really like, there's some great information on there. There's yeah. But then yeah. I was like, fuck! I've been reading about this for forty five minutes. This is way too much time. <laughs> I'm not saying one more email this, this whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it like back hard. to work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I get like lost in like fail videos on YouTube. <laughs> I Josh. Get, when I get deep down the rabbit hole, I'm trying to figure out yeah. light. Yeah, I'm like fucking yeah. Pat Robertson said that's foolish. Like, yeah, no, like, it's it's uh well, I mean, as an aside to you, sir. So I went to this tiny little Methodist college in Jackson, Mississippi called Millsaps College. Hashtag Go Majors. Uh, I don't know why I'm hashtagging everything. Yeah. It's so strange. Go majors. Uh, Are you getting all of the hashtags? Yeah, so you I, put I them think on we should. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm a big. We fan. write a list of them when you're done, and we'll make sure we put it on all of our. No, uh, so uh, so it's you know the the Methodists by and large are, are not as extreme uh, on their religious stuff as as other religions are. Um, you know, our I think our old motto was open hearts, open doors, open minds, and we're working on that. So it's, we're workshopping it. Isn't that a thing from uh, Friday Night Lights? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's can't lose, can't lose. Yeah, we don't believe in victory, so we're not can't lose is not full enough. eyes, full yeah. hearts, can't, can't lose. lose. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so hashtag this. Yeah, yeah. So, so this the college I went to. Uh, gr- I mean, like great, great school, uh, wonderful academics, tiny, like eleven. My high, Fort Wayne Beach High School was bigger than the college I went to, which was strange. But my senior year, I realized I hadn't taken a science class the entire time I was there. And I was like, I need to take a science class. So I might, the, the political science department was in this Galloway Hall's name of the building. And next door is the geology department. I'm like, I'm taking geology because that way I don't have to walk very far in my classes. By the way, I totally popped the mic there. Sorry about that, it's listeners. Okay. Um, so I take geology 101, and the entire class is freshman football players and me. And so you're like, I'm in the right. Yeah. Class. I'm like, I'm going to, hey. I, like, I, like, I was like, are we grading on a curve? Like yeah. I, I'm going to kill this. And, uh, the professor, uh, it does not believe in, um, does not believe in the, you know, the sort of the traditional scientific explanation for the history of the earth. But he also, he was like, look guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really believe in what we're about to talk about today, 
but I'm going to lay it out for you the way that other scientists... This guy has a PhD in geology, mm. but he does not believe that the Earth is more than 6,000 years old. How, how does that happen? How do you get a PhD in geology and not... He, I mean, I think, I think it was more about like like the chemical aspect. I think that was his specialty. I could be wrong, and again, like I, if he's still teaching there... But this is this is the experience it, I had, and you're 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 touching on exactly what I, the rabbit hole I yeah. fell down today yeah. because I was trying to understand how you can just yeah explain those things how you can just just but yeah I, but uh, to be truth be told it was one of my favorite classes I really loved it in fact it's probably one of the more memorable classes I took in college because he was very open about it. he's like look I want you to disagree with me I want you to and he encouraged it and he did not hold it against you. Unlike a lot of other professors who would be like, That's oh, right. this is all about disagree with me. And then if you do, you're like, idiot, you yeah. lose your you lose your, you know, your grade. He was very open about it. And uh, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed it. And to this day, my love of dinosaurs has been increased by uh, by that class. And so yeah. I'm, I'm a big, uh, big, uh, big dino. guy. Well, and I think one thing you need to touch on, too, <laughs> is like science is always changing. Yeah. Uh, it's all science is taking the, the best evidence that mm-hmm. that we can observe yeah. and trying to to draw conclusions and, or until something becomes a law really yeah but the thing is you can't change the words of the book that you base yeah your life on that's true so th- that's where it gets really tricky is because science is 100% evidence based and the bible is 100% faith based so putting those two things together Unfortunately, I guess you have to pick and choose. Yeah, I, you know what's what's permissible and what's not. But yeah, I also think it's kind of silly that like I think I think the fact that dinosaurs aren't mentioned in the Bible is skeptical too. Yes, I mean you know I'm so it's a big thing to leave out. Man. You know for uh, right. for the for the in case the listeners curious, I doubt they are. Uh, like I can I would consider myself to be a, not a literal interpreter of the biblical works. I think that literal interpretation runs afoul of most rational thought but that having been said i don't think it is a mutually exclusive idea to hold the idea of a, a deity in your head at the same time as being a 100 percent believer in science yeah. um and I, you can get super deep uh, all over the internet i mean i think that some in fact i, I want to say that some of the more um proficient writers and scientists that we consider to be experts in the field, different fields of science are, are very, are religious people. Yeah. And so if they are hyper intelligent, they have the ability to hold. I mean, I think that the, the real test of intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing thoughts in your head at the same time and it not drive you crazy. And that's, I mean, not to, not to get into politics and religion, but I think that that is the, the underlying issue that the whole world faces is that it is so much easier to convince someone something is black or something is white. It is so much easier just to believe A or B. And unfortunately, in the world in which we live, very few things are that very way. few yeah. things are that way. You just yeah. can't you can't just you can't just accept one explanation because tomorrow we may discover that the God particle exists. We may dis- we may prove string theory tomorrow. We may be able to to go faster than the speed of light, which allows us to start to communicate yeah. with intelligent life forms that are more than four million light years away. I mean, it's just the possibilities every single day are changing. Yep. And just be like if you just if you sit in a room and you only think one way all the time for your whole life, you are missing out on the most amazing time it has ever been to be alive on this planet. You're missing it. Um, as far as we is, know. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, you know, I don't, I, I'm, you know, I'm I, Shane. You're a big, you're a big sci-fi guy. I mean, Predator times were pretty good when Predator was like coaching up the Aztecs <laughs> on how to build their temples and stuff. But uh, or or Fifth Element in Egypt. I mean, exactly. that was that was huge. That was huge. But <laughs> but you're, no, you're right. Like science is all changing, and yeah. and you don't know what's tomorrow. What uh, two days ago they just discovered twelve new moons on Jupiter. Yeah, and we 12. thought we thought we knew everything we knew about our solar system. Yeah, exactly. Twelve new moons. Exactly. That's intense. Exactly. Did you? I, I totally, somewhat related to this. Did you see there, there was a Netflix movie? Talk about Netflix content. There was a Netflix movie not too long ago. It was called The Titan. So Sam Worthington, who was in the, he was in the uh, Terminator remake. He was the guy who was actually a Terminator, but you thought he was human the whole time. He and a bunch of other astronauts volunteer to go under genetic manipulation so that they can survive on Titan, which I think is one of the moons of Saturn, I want to say. Um, and Titan yeah. is, uh, it's got methane seas, but it, it has a atmosphere. And so if we went there as humans, we would survive for minutes. The, the, you know, the climate would not. But the whole, the whole plot of the movie is that they could, through genetic manipulation, make people into superhumans basically and of course uh, things go awry in the film but it's it's that is like we have no idea what we can what we are capable of and what we can do uh yeah can you imagine a hundred years from now kids going on field trips to jupiter oh super easily uh, yeah yeah super easily imagine that yeah yeah space force I yeah know. <laughs> i'm going well you know we have a treaty that prevents there there being any weapons being put in space at all that the united states has been a signatory kind of like all the nuclear treaties yeah yeah yeah. um so we'll see if that gets held up or not but uh although like the most i mean we're totally getting into it but the the newest thing that tucker carlson cracks me up he's a very smart guy but he knows what he's an entertainer he knows what he's doing he was i think he was talking with the president about like so montenegro is the newest signatory into nato tiny little country um great people very nice people I'm sure. Um, basically, Tucker was making the point. It's like, why should Americans go fight and die if Montenegro is is invaded by Russia? And you know, the the person being interviewed, you can Google it. I tended to agree, and I think the irony is the entire point of nato is that if you get invaded yeah. everyone else will come to your that's like the basic it's like yeah. i think it's article five of the agreement is that you know if, if one gets attacked all are attacked and and it just it just goes to show that um it's very easy to get tribal really quickly like we're only yeah. americans we're only concerned about america yeah and that's not good you know like my 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 mom is like the first american in her family you know and I think she has made a, a positive impact on the United States. I mean, she's been a taxpayer her whole life, and she's a business owner and provided jobs and is a good mom and raised good kids, I'd like to think. Like, we need more people to come to this country who want to bring positive uh, positive ideas. And, you know, there's there's bad apples everywhere, and that's, yeah. that's the unfortunate thing. But so we paint with a broad brush these days, unfortunately. It's just it's things are insane, man. Yeah, these are crazy right now. Well, you're it's so Michigan, crazy. Michigan, huge Muslim population. Uh-huh. Uh, I think the per capita one of the like the the largest uh, influx. I was of, I was uh, unaware of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, I that. think that the first uh, I want to say one of the first um, immigrant Muslim congressmen in the United States is a is a is a Michigan representative, hmm. um, and I just think it just goes to show that like when you look at different 
immigrant groups coming to the United States, uh, you know, the first generation of people, like I think about my grandparents, like my Nana is still alive. She's from Ireland. She's from Limerick. Uh, you know, she's been here for the better, I mean, 60 plus, 70 plus years when she was a kid, when she came over here, uh, you know, she still does a lot of things that are fairly traditional for like her culture, her society, her upbringing. Um, but my mom has like no connection. My mom does not like bake soda bread and dance jigs. Like she does not an Irish person. She's an American person. And I think about like the kids that I went to high school with at Fort Walton. So Fort Walton Beach High School, for all of our listeners who didn't go there, incredibly ethnically diverse because of the military. So we have this huge, you know, the nation's or the world's largest Air Force base, depending upon how you want to count the square footage. Um, that's true. I mean, I guess technically trivia. by, you know, technically, trivia. yeah, I'm a huge <laughs> trivia guy. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we had, we had kids from Thailand. We had kids whose parents were African American because they joined the military and they ended up living there. We had kids whose, um, we had, you know, Eastern European kids whose parents came and, you know, were joined the military and got posted here. And it was so neat. Like I remember my, uh, my freshman year chemistry class, I made like one of my best friends in the world. Her name is Sarah Tavi Prungsenukel. She's she, her last name is fourteen letters long. She's uh, of Thai descent. She's to this day the sweetest human being on the face of the planet. Um, you know her her she comes from an immigrant background. Her, both of her parents are immigrants to the United States. Amazingly hardworking people, good people. Um, that you know they just wanted to may build a better life for Sarah. And, you know, Sarah is very successful now and, and does good things. And uh, I was very lucky to have that in my formative years because I think that a lot of times we tend to, like, kind of wall ourselves off really quickly. Um, and I think that's that's a bad thing. Like the Destin High School thing is a big issue <laughs> that a lot of people talk about. And it just it, – it drives me crazy because I'm like, look – if you really study hard, it does not matter which high school you go to. You can go to Niceville, you can go to Crestview, you can go to Baker School, a K through 12 school. If you work hard in school and like work hard, you will be successful wherever you go. So then it's just a choice of the it's the aesthetics. It's what's what other than school is there, really. And that's the ultimate irony of people who are so positive about the Destin High School idea cuz they don't want their kids interacting with what they perceive to be the negatives of Fort Walden. So if that's what your concern is, then you should be sending your kids to Fort Walton because they can get exposed to different cultures and have different people teach them things that they may not be able to learn just at home. Yeah. Uh, so that's, I mean, I was super, super lucky. Jamie will tell you the exact same thing. Um, we, we were very lucky to have that. And folks that want to build a high school in Destin, no matter what they say about, oh, they just don't want their kids driving so far. You know, I, I have I have friends from Mississippi from law school who drove like 45 minutes because the only high school they had was at the county seat. Yeah. That's the only option they had, you know. If you're, con- if you're concerned about your kids driving 15 or 20 minutes to school every day, there, there's more than just that. That's yeah, that. you got to call it what it is, man, because I, I had a conversation with, with someone as well who had to get a, they got a waiver to send their child to a different to a different school, and <clears throat> this in, was also during them. No, I'm not going to get too into it, but it was a. Uh, we were also having a conversation about how a, a lot of this particular town is is divided racially, and and how I think that's something that's institutionalized, and they disagreed with me, but then they're sending their kid to a 
a, to a different school. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, oh, wait a second here, yeah. you know? Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, uh, I'm assuming you grew up in Destin, right? I grew up in Fort Walton, actually. Okay, so, yeah. so in Destin, uh, uh, we had the choice. You you had three choices. You you went to Fort Walton, you went to Niceville, and then, and then I believe actually my freshman year is when they built South Walton. Yeah. And so you had the choice. Like, where do you want to go? So, oh, it wasn't zoned. You actually had a choice. Yeah, no, yeah, you, yeah, you be, because choice. they're all effectively equidistant. Oh, and yeah, so pretty that close. Was, yeah. That was the time, you know. So, I mean, Fort Walton out of the three, academically, is the better school. But if you wanted all your kids, uh, to is go that true? To, yeah, I thought Niceville won all sorts of I mean, academic I, awards. I, I, think, I think now. I think Fort, that's a fairly recent thing. Yeah. Well, um, I, th- I believe either the year prior uh, or the year after I gra- graduated. Now it's not even called. It's, it's an advanced placement institute. It's mm-hmm. not even just a high yeah. school, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think I think Niceville has all the sports, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, if if events, and then South South Walton is just where you send, you know, uh, sorry, all your yuppies. Like that's, <laughs> that's just that's where good thing I wasn't out there. No, Fort, uh, <laughs> Fort Walton used to have the sports though. Bro. They did. Yeah, we were in the nineties. Powerhouse, Ooh. powerhouse bank. So my dad was the baseball coach at Fort Walton. That's what brought us here. Okay, that's what that's why we moved here. Was uh, my dad was a baseball coach at this little high school uh, north. Wait, of, what years were your dad? Was your dad the baseball? My coach? dad was a baseball coach from eighty seven to like ninety five, ninety six. Okay, um, and uh, he was the baseball coach in Louisiana, where he and my mom met, where I was born. And then uh, I was like three months old, and my dad was like, "We should get to Florida. Like Shreveport is not a great place." So, um, yeah. So he got a job here. That's the only reason why we ended up here. Super random. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, back in the day, the athletics at Fort Walton were unbelievable. But the academics were great too, because I think there was that. You know, if you're if you're the child of a military family, and your parents are not relatively strict. There weren't a lot of those at our school. If your folks were in the military, you made good grades, you showed up on time, you you were well prepared because the the, the institution set them up for success. You know, they there was there was going to be food on the table, the rent was going to be paid, the power was going to be on, and I think the problem of like the socioeconomic issues that bleed into academics are the 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 parents of the children have trouble paying the rent, have trouble keeping the power on, have trouble putting food on the table, which is why Food for Thought is this amazing charity that exists in one of the wealthiest parts of Florida. Yeah. Like, you know, square those two in your mind. I mean, I I applaud their uh, their mission. I think it's an amazing, amazing thing. But, you know, Oklahoma County had the second best test scores of any county in the state of Florida. And we're, I mean, the fourth biggest state in the United States. Uh, so per capita, better scores than really anywhere else. And yeah, at the same time, we have parents who are complaining about like the the other kids that their kids have to go to school with. You know, that's that's not right. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's not that kid's fault that his or her mom might not have the right job or background or or, you know, or even the fault. right life skills. Yeah, it's not their fault. You know, you know? so uh, but that having been said, years ago, you know, when I think the military presence in Fort Walton was stronger, now I think it's stronger in Niceville, and I think that it shows in Niceville's academic and athletic success is that like i think i i was up there yesterday so we went to jamie and i went to third planet brewery which is a new dude everyone's told me it's uh, great it's amazing yeah. their, their beers are amazing um that whole area of nice where the new brewery is was trees five years ago 
And in that area, there there have been houses, you know, half million dollar homes being built in there, and they're all beautiful, and they're really, you know, it's just it's a it's a nice place to raise a family now. And I think that all of the people who were military officers who came to Eglin, who maybe used to live in Shalimar or Fort Walton, and sent their kids to Fort Walton or Choctaw, are all in Niceville now. And I think that's the only difference. That's really the only difference. But those kids are, they're well-mannered because their parents are well-mannered. They're well-behaved because their parents are well-behaved because that's where their job requires them to be. You know, they have to be studious and hardworking and loyal, and, and, and that's what a good student is, basically. So I think that the the whole, like, it just it really gets me worked up because, you know, I went to, only went to public schools my entire life. I got a full presidential scholarship to one of the toughest academic institutions in the southeastern United States. Everything was paid for. I had an amazing collegiate experience and all of that came from the fact that I went to public school with people that were not like me. And to have a, you know, to have people who's who did not go to school here, who moved here as adults try to talk about the experience their children might have if they go to Fort Walton instead yeah. of a Destin High School just drives me crazy. I so. absolutely agree with that. Soapbox off. <clears throat> I agree. No, I, I agree. I, agree. <laughs> I agree and I don't agree with you for a couple of different things uh, in, in different ways. It depends because I'll guarantee you that the Fort Walton experience was a lot different than my high school experience. I'm sure. Because I grew up in going to military schools my whole life until my parents moved us here in 96 and I went to Crestview. And I walked into that place, and coming from, like, going to military schools, racism wasn't a thing. It just wasn't a, like, I would never think twice about having a black friend. Yeah. Or it it just wasn't. Yeah. It it wasn't a thing. Yeah. And my my first day, I was like, I want to play football, which was a terrible idea because I had never experienced heat like this. And you're out there in (laughs) July from 11 to 3. Yeah, just brutal. Yeah. I had a really hard that was, time, and that was back in the pre-hydration days when you yeah. would get water breaks three times a practice yeah. instead of like every now it's like every fifteen minutes. Yeah, absolutely. They, you know, yeah, and I, I walked into the locker room and I looked and I was like, "Holy shit, this still happens!" Like it was the locker room was a third black right here, and two thirds white on this side. And like the first thing I did, like the the black side was the closest to me. So the first thing I did was just like, hey, I'm here to play football. And they just all kind of looked at me like, who the fuck? You know, and then one of the one of the kids, his name was JP. He was like, you ain't from around here, are you, dog? And I was just like, nah, man. Like, I, I remember going home that night, like, where did you move me? Yeah. Like, where is this? So that experience was much different being in Crestview because there's still like segregation was still a thing. Yeah. Like very clear. And also because in Crestview, I think you you maybe have one out of ten in the nineties, one out of ten might have been a military family. Mm-hmm. Now that number might be a little higher. I don't know. I'm talking oh, on my ass. I have no idea. No, it's especially with the seventh group moving yeah. in there. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's you know it's the fastest growing part of the right now. I think it's one of the fastest growing metro areas in the state. Yeah, they've been saying that for years crazy. too. Um but but yeah, so I I, I disagree a little bit about like just with, with that whole you you obviously had a different public school experience yeah. than I did and I was always a great student until like the last two years of being at Crestview just because I you know you're becoming an adult yeah and you know I also I like to smoke a little weed and shit so I I just I hated it I mm-hmm. didn't like I didn't like a lot of the people I went to school with and I was just like yeah let, let me get out of here as quick as possible yeah absolutely so, absolutely. Uh, watched a I had a I had what was a full ride 
I think I went into my senior year with like a 3.8 and I think I graduated at like a 3.1. Mm. <laughs> like just terrible. Killing it. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a pleasant time at the Cramblet household no. for sure. I mean, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I brought home uh, like my, my freshman year of college. I made the dean's list the first semester and I didn't make the dean's list the second semester. My parents like came and visited me. They're like, are you okay? I was like, yeah. I'm okay. You're drinking too much? <laughs> I was. I mean, yes. I mean, admittedly, yes. But uh, I think the statute of limitations has run on that. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, you know, and to this day, I still, you know, I work for my parents still. So they still can judge me all the time. Yeah, man. We always touch, <laughs> normally we touch on that at first. And I, we, we, we've gone about an hour and 45 here. Man, oh, so man. Probably, it doesn't feel like should, it, right? We should plug it. We should get our, <laughs> I got to get my plugs so, in. So, yeah. I was going to say, normally I start out, and that's the note that Shane passed to me, right? Right, we started. He was like, "What does he do?" But like, I figured, I figured, man, we were on a roll. Yeah, we're. I said, it. Well, "I'm gonna ride the we're Drew wave because you're obviously very good at this. You uh, should do this more often." You're too kind. Um, because <laughs> I've I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I've not one time had to feel like I had to carry any any sort oh, well, of. Uh, you. Yeah, you've been great, man. But also, normally the first thing we do is say, "This is what we do." So people are gonna have to learn that from your bio first of all before they listen. <laughs> and but but now we can also let's let's touch let's do let's do a few minutes on your job, man. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'll do this as quickly as possible because it's crazy. Uh, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a journalist. Uh, my dream was to work for Post Times, something like that. Uh, really enjoyed writing uh, again you know uh, I think and I think that kind of speaks to the the lawyer sort of training like seeker of truth strong in the verbal communication kind of uh, avenue so wanted to be a journalist went to college thought I was that's what I was going to study walked into um, my interview for my presidential scholarship and just happened to interview with this gentleman named Iren Omobari Dr. Iren Omobari is from Nigeria that was the head of the political science department at the school I w- ended up going to um completely changed my world about the way I, cause like th- in my presidential scholarship interview, I debated him for an hour and a half. They were supposed to last 15 minutes. I talked with him for an hour and a half about whether where people were inherently good or inherently evil. And you have to remember this man came from a country that had experienced civil war for decades before he ended up in new Orleans, Louisiana, and then LSU and then Mississippi of all places. Um, he also went to undergrad at uh, the University of Delaware. Go Blue Hens, the Fighting Blue Hens. Great mascot. Um, hashtag. So, hashtag Go, go Blue, Blue Hens. Hens. Yeah. Um, no, so Dr. Omabari was like, you should really think about political science because you, know, you should think about it. So I uh, ended up going poli-sci route. And I, so I did a double major in political science and history. Still thought I was going to do the journalism thing. And um, about two-thirds of the way through, I realized that there's no actual job that you can get with a degree like that other than either to go become a professor or to do something in the political field. And I knew, you know, that wasn't for me. I'm not good-looking enough to be a politician, so it wasn't good. It wasn't for me. Uh, I, I had lost my hair by my senior year of college, so I was out. Uh, so anyways, I ended up uh, staying in Jackson and going to law school there. And every semester I was like, I'm going to transfer back to Florida State. I'm going back to Tallahassee. This is It doesn't make sense for me to be in Mississippi this long. And um, my you know first and second semester of law school made just such amazing friends and connections and really enjoyed it that I just decided to stay. So – I, again, didn't really think that I was going to do very much with the law degree. I just thought I need to do something. It was 2000. I graduated from college in 2008, May of 08, the worst time in modern history to graduate from college. And I'm like, (laughs) let's take on a bunch of crippling debt and go to law school. So I did that. And, uh, you know, got out of law school in 11 and was, I thought I was going to come be a prosecutor again, search for justice, love that kind of thing. 
and um, ended up getting offered a better position for, for more money and um, ended up taking that job uh, here for a, a local firm in Destin. Really enjoyed doing that for a couple of years. Uh, just had a great, great experience. And then just what type, t- what type of law? So the, the, the firm that I worked at, they're pretty famous for doing like a lot of commercial real estate stuff, okay. but also the lawyer that I worked with um, was more of a general practitioner, did a lot of, lot of estate planning, a lot of civil proceedings, like, so like a lot of litigation, like car injuries and stuff like that. It was actually super interesting because I didn't think I would ever do that. Um, so I learned a lot and that was great. Um, and then my mom, you know, I, uh, I'm a, I will fully admit in public recorded for all of perpetuity. I'm a total mama's boy. My mom is like the best woman of all time. And, um, she's, she's makes me look like an idiot. She's so smart. Um, and she, a long time ago said, I want to be a financial advisor. This has been my dream ever since I was little. Um, quick aside, she went and interviewed when she graduated, she graduated from high school in three years and college in three years. So she was in the workforce at like age 20. And when interviewed at uh, a large brokerage firm that still exists to this day in Chicago, and they said, well, we always need a good secretary. And she was like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm smarter than you people. Like, I should be doing, like, the hard work. And they're like, well, we don't hire women to do that. And that stuck in her craw for, like, 20 years. Like, she was, she was just so upset about it. Um, she ended up becoming a pilot. She flew uh, commercial planes as a 22 year old woman in the 70s does she want to come on this podcast she's amazing oh yeah margaret margaret would blow your mind margaret margaret's amazing so anyways um you know my brother she has a family my she raised my brother and i she's always wanted to come back to it always wanted to be this be get involved in financial advice because she really liked it she started her own firm called arbor wealth management um and she started in 2010 and so in 2012 basically she said look you know we're hitting this inflection point and we need someone who has some professional experience who could bring maybe some lawyerly type stuff to our clients. I I don't practice law anymore. I don't do legal things for my clients, but I do consult with them and I provide them with, you know, legal services to the, to the level of consultation to tell them what they need to do. And that's a nice value add for our clients. So, um, I joined the firm in August of 2013. And at the time, um, you know, at the time, in August 2013, we had about $55 million under management. Um, closed the business yesterday, we have about $225 million. Cool. So uh, we've had just unbelievable growth. And I'm not saying I'm, that's, I'm not the reason for that at all. But you add more bodies, you add more capacity, you add more ability to service clients and provide a good service. But it, the, in the ultimate irony of ironies, I think about, like, my academic career and what I – as a senior in high school, I wanted to be a journalist because I really enjoyed writing and solving puzzles and figuring out problems. And then I got into political science because I was all about, like, we all need to treat each other right. I'm going to fix the world. I'm going to make this right. And then I went to law school, and I realized that you can only do that if you have the education to do it. And then I got into private practice and realized that unless you have the money, you can't really make a change. So I had this amazing sort of arc of naivete, and desire to change the world all the way to now I think that Bill Gates has got it right. If you want to truly, truly make an impact that's going to last across the generations, be successful and then be as generous as you possibly can be for the rest of your life. And so that's kind of where I have now gone. And I love what I do today because I get to help people who have worked really hard and saved really hard and 
they they've made all the right choices in their lives and now they're just trying to like enjoy their retirement and give money to charity and see their grandkids and you know most people don't have super lavish desires like most people just want to drive a nice car they want to be able to go to dinner like they want to they, they don't have a huge you know we have some clients that want to drive bentley's and stuff and that's cool but for the most part most of our clients are just relatively just sort of average american people and they're good people they're just good savers and i i love that because those are the people that donate money to food for thought and those are the people that that do good things in the community because they love it that's they care about it. it's it's intimate to them it's not um so they're they're doing the bill gates thing on a much smaller scale yeah. and i really appreciate that so so now I am a, I'm the chief compliance officer, and, uh, which is great, uh, and a portfolio manager at uh, Arbor Wealth Management in Miramar Beach, Florida. We do uh, wealth management and financial planning for for clients uh, all over the United States. I have client I have a client in, in Alaska, all the way down to the Florida Keys. So we cover the U.S., which is great. So I get to talk to people all all walks of life, all over the world, all kinds of backgrounds. It's super cool. Yeah. yeah. Is this uh, is this what you see? yourself doing for quite some time yeah i mean yes and no i mean i think that the nice thing about this business is that um if you if you kind of put yourself in a position where you see a lot of the same like booking bands i would imagine that you see a lot of the same problems over and over again like your, the contracts to perform at a, at a venue are relatively similar. Yes, the you know, the issues that a band has about transport or loading or you know their liability they're all relatively similar. Mm-hmm. And then it's just implementing the system that it's taken you years to implement for them. Yeah. So you you hire a band, you say, look, I've already gone through the growing pains of X, Y, and Z. I know what to do here. That's that's basically the the system we're implementing is that. We have seen so many times over and over again people that have common issues like they feel they're overtaxed or they don't have enough income in retirement or they don't know how to claim their social security or their estate plan is very complex. You see those problems enough, you get good at solving them. And so if you position yourself in a way that you're just really good at servicing those type of clients, they will find you. They will they will seek you out. And so my my if if you were asking me my dream, like what I would love, love, love to do. I mean, I've, we talked about food for like the first 45 minutes. I, I have always loved the restaurant industry. I worked in restaurants all throughout college and law school to pay for a lot of college and law school. Um, have it's you know I just love everything about it. Um, but at that having been said, it's a tough, tough, tough business. And so uh, you know I foresee myself being involved in the legal or investment advisory world somehow in some capacity. But at the same time. I'm all over the place. Like Jamie can tell you, um, her sister Heidi and I, Heidi would be amazing to have on the podcast, by the way. We have just started brewing beer together. Heidi has a dream to be, to, to, to run her own brewery here. And I want to support that and be involved in that. Um, you know, again, super love of the restaurant business. I've really always loved that. I just think that, you know, people that get locked into the one career path that maybe our parents or our parents parents used to have like they worked to work at ibm and worked there for 35 years and got the gold watch and retired that doesn't exist anymore and that Mm -hmm. doesn't interest me Mm -hmm. i want to i want to have a life that i do like 15 different things and i'm constantly challenged to learn something new managing some lees yeah (laughs) yeah so uh i don't know i don't know but um 
That's yeah. So man, yeah. so uh, I gotta try some of your beer, man. Oh, oh, I'm no, I'm not good at it. Heidi is who you need. I'm just, I'm just the yeah. muscle. I'm just, I'm just the lifting, the carboy, boiling the the yeah. wort. I'm, I'm your guy. I'm that's that's it. She's Heidi's the real, uh, the real genius there. So yeah, that's um, great. You know, yeah. that, that's funny that you mentioned food though, because I've said it several times, and I tell people all the time, just because I spent so much time in the in the service industry. If I like, just from a restaurant point of view, if I had the money to open up a restaurant, the last thing I would do. Is oh, open yeah. up a restaurant. Oh man, my so I know we're we're going way over time, but so my uh, w- one of the restaurant jobs I had in college, I worked as a waiter at this fine dining restaurant called Olga's, O L G A S, and Olga and her husband Yuri were Russian immigrants to the United States, and of all places, they ended up in Jackson, Mississippi, hotbed of Russian activity. Yeah. Uh, and the you know, yeah, I mean, like Yuri's this amazing guy. Like he would work from six a.m. to noon at a furniture assembly location in Mississippi, Mississippi big furniture state. In case you didn't know, um, and then he would leave at noon and come to the restaurant at one, prep for dinner, cook, be the chef at this fine dining restaurant from effectively from one until eleven o'clock at night, go home and do it all over again. And I mean, super inspiring to see that because that was hard work, but no matter how hard he, he hit it, you know, there's always, always the vendors are trying to take advantage of you. You got to renegotiate your rent. Dude, all the your time. margins all, are so oh, small. It's just crazy. It's so small. But, uh, but that was where I, man, that's where I got my love of, uh, the, the restaurant business was working as a waiter at Olga's. And of course, like, you know, every, like once a month we would have Russian night where all the Russians from the Southeast would come to Olga's and it would be the most amazing, you would make, you'd make crazy tip money. Um, there was no alcohol at all, as you would imagine. No, um, no. So Olga's, so Olga's was actually BYOB and a lot of people who came, so Mississippi big blue law state, yeah. obviously. Um, she didn't want to pay for a liquor license, but there was a wine store about 50 yards away in the same little shopping center and so uh, people who come to the restaurant, they, they think they're coming for a fine dining meal. And they'd be like, yeah, you know, what? let me see your wine list. I'm like, we don't have one. And the guy would be like, oh, man. And his wife would be just super upset. She's like, you ruined our anniversary or whatever. And I would say, I got you, sir. And I would bust out the back door and sprint over to the liquor store. And I would buy them like a $20 bottle of wine. And I would be like, this bottle of wine was $20. Easily, I would make like a $100 tip every single time I did that. Easily. Because I was like, I saved their marriage, you know. Yeah. And uh, so that little thing, like being willing to like go do that for that guy. He didn't have – he could have walked the two over there and bought it himself. But I was like, give me the $20. I'll go get it. I'll bring it right back. That little thing, like that really taught me a lot about service in all industries. So I think, I think about the way that like – this morning, I have a client who lives in California. She uh, she likes she stays up late. So I got an email at six a.m. I needed to answer. I answered her at like six fifteen, and um, not because I'm like super try hard, but that's how I think about trying to like service my clients. Is that like no one else is gonna answer an email at six fifteen a.m. No one, no one else is going to try to book a band as hard as you're going to try to book a band because if you're that committed to it, no one's going to do it. Um, so that's how I like to try to think about what we do. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Sorry. We just, I got really deep there at the no, end. No, <laughs> it's been great. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome back anytime you want, man. Well, oh, thank For you. Sure. Thank you. I get the, so. I, I'm going to, the, the Wim T bump, you know, yeah. the cold air bump, you know, 
you know, my my uh, my Instagram is gonna blow up. So many followers. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so if people want to seek you for your services, yeah, Arbor Wealth Management. Yeah, yeah. I'm Arbor with an A. Sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. assuming you have a uh, website. Yeah. ArborWealth.net. Sure. Fully functional. Fully. Fu- <laughs> it's a Squarespace website. I built it myself. Uh, yeah. ArborWealth.net. Um, yeah, you know, there's so the, there's an, the arborwealth.com is out in California, and the guy he doesn't even use it. And I we we're like, we'll pay you five thousand dollars for this website. I offer him five thousand dollars a year, and he because he's in San Francisco, he thinks that it's like Google.com. He thinks that he has Google. He's like, no, the price has got to be X. I'm like, bro, my people can type in .net just as fast as they can type in .com. Doesn't yeah. matter to me. Yeah. So like, my, I've literally every single year on like January third, I'm like. And we'll keep doing it until he'll say yes. Oh, I'll do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, it's he doesn't use it really. I mean, his yeah. yeah, Well, somebody owns uh, WimT.com, and I can't find the bastard. The 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 who is is hidden. You know. Yep. Are you serious? Somebody owns WimT.com because WimT.com is a lot easier than you know. I'll bet you anything. It's someone who who listened to this and bought the domain. I don't understand why anyone else would. If you if, if, if 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 you did this. We know it's you. Sounds we know. We'll vicious. find you. We'll find you. Yes. If you're listening and you did it, we know it's you. So that's well. You should totally. Well, could you do like whatever? MT? Our our our, uh, our website is whatever it means to you. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so like we it. wanted. It's a little long, but yeah, you know, whatever. I like. Yeah. Throw the Wim Tea yeah. in there. Same thing. But also, when we started the podcast, like the Wim Tea wasn't really even a thing. To, we just kind of grew into it. Yeah. yeah. Like it was the whatever it means to you podcast, yeah. and then we just started calling it Wim Tea. Well, so, so and I, I wanted, I do want, so I didn't prepare for this, but I did like practicing Wim Tea over and over again because <laughs> I have heard people say Wit Me. It's a lot easier mm-hmm. to say Wit Me, and I'm like, nah, Brad, it's, it's Wim Tea. And so <laughs> I'm not sure. A couple people who've been on the pod said with me to me in the back of my head i'm like i'm gonna say it i know i'm gonna say it i know i'm gonna say it the whole time so i'm I would, really proud i probably wouldn't have caught I'm it really pr- i'm really i think i i think i passed today so yeah man well dude thanks for coming in yeah it was a pleasure thank you so much for having me um yeah if it, uh, people who are still listening if you'd like to you can email us wimt.podcast at gmail.com email us what you think your last meal would be yeah i'd be interested in do the fa- in do like a facebook that. thing so app entree two sides Absinzerts, you got that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shane's absinzerts, absinzerts. <laughs> Shane's our producer, so he'll get on that. He'll put out yeah. like a questionnaire or something. Yeah. We'll see if we can get get some get some engagement on there. But uh, thanks for coming out, man. I know it's late on a Wednesday. Uh, I can't. It doesn't feel. I don't feel like we went two hours. We can man. keep going. I could go for like two more hours, but. I'm not drinking, so yeah. <laughs> I gotta stop. <laughs> so. You gotta have your carrots. <laughs> no, I, need, yeah, I need a beer. Yeah, cool. All right, take care, guys. Hey, Wimpy peeps, back at it. Episode 37. My guess is Mr. Drew McDowell. Cooper McDowell. Drew Cooper hyphen McDowell. Yeah. Uh, really good guest. I think he should start his own podcast. I think He's so. good at it. He's really good at it. It's good, it's good to have a guest like that in here for sure. Uh, man, you bet you're practicing your writing in Russian. I've always thought that they wrote really cool letters. I think it's You know okay. what I'm it talking about? Sense. It makes no sense to me. Well, of course not, because you write English. But yeah. you, you don't look at like the way that they write their letters, and you're like, man, it's it's slightly intimidating. It's it's slightly aggressive. I think it's supposed to be. I think they literally took you know what you know uh, 
Greek uh, lettering the alphabet and said, fuck you, we're going to do our own thing. That's hmm. what happened. Is Russian a uh, Latin-based language? I don't think so. I think that's I think the whole, it is I think either, that's right? The thing. No, so, yeah. It's not Latin-based. They they took it, and it's called what? Like uh, Slav. So Slav, it's it's, it's it's its own thing. And uh, which is really weird, because you'd think it'd be more just in that part of the world because you got what you got china you know you've got your your asian countries mm-hmm. you've got your your arabic your asia if you will yeah you've got your arabic countries and then you've got your your latin based uh, uh, uh you know alphabetic uh countries and then they just said fuck it we're gonna do our own shit yeah no i don't think it's cool yeah it makes no sense well are you practicing it why would i do that i'll just be prepared you never know what's gonna happen man yeah you're right get your rosetta stone Anyway, uh, no, I get what you're saying. Um, I actually, I just saw an interview uh, uh, recently about um, how it's 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 going to be our fault. It's going to be the U.S. The, the the citizens of the states' fault if we end up going to war or end up like falling. Like, is that a thing? Are people mm-hmm. actually talking about war? Yeah. Hmm. That'd be fun. Because that's the whole thing. Where that we've that we've never had a sitting president. Uh, is always they're not our allies. So now to to go into that and be like, no, no, Russia's cool. Uh, With one person. And so you have all of your other allies going, what the fuck are you talking about? It's it's gonna have. A yeah, I remember. Um, I remember in the the mid '80s, like some of my first memories. I lived in Alaska. I was on an oh, Air Force base yeah. in Alaska. Yeah. So it was terrifying. Yeah. We were terrified. We'd have uh, we'd have bomb drills and shit in elementary school where the alarm would go off. Like you know how you do a fire drill? Yeah. No, we get under desks. And under desks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because we were scared to death of Russians. Like, and this is also like Rocky Four came out, so Rocky's <laughs> fighting the Russian. Uh, what was that movie with uh, well, every the Ruskies movie uh, and, and, or Ruskies or whatever the fuck that movie was called? Yeah. Uh, Didn't the Mighty Ducks do a thing? Uh, Red Dawn. <laughs> yeah, Red Dawn. Yeah, uh, the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, that's a little later. <laughs> uh, D two or D three. Yeah. Didn't they play? The yeah, Russians? I think Those it was. I think it was the Russians. Yeah. So it was. It was this thing. I remember the first time. The first time a Russian plane landed on American soil, landed on U.S. soil, was at the Air Force base I was at in Anchorage for several years. And I remember I was terrified of the, the they were the bad guys. Yeah. Even even in WWF, like Hulk Hogan's arch nemesis. Beat the commies, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we're supposed to be going home. like, no, I like the commies. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Why are we so backwards? This is intense. It's, I don't, it's not. People aren't backwards. It's I think I I don't I think it's one person that is. Because when the when the truth is found out, like it's gonna it's not gonna be good. So, but anyway, practice practice your Russian. But what I was gonna say before that, when that when that first Russian plane landed on U.S. soil, I was I think I was five years old, and a Russian guy got off the plane, walked directly up to me. This is one of my first memories, and I was like, "He's coming toward me. He's coming toward me," and I was scared to death. I, I thought this guy was going to kill me. Why were you there? Because it was historical. Oh, okay. It was the first time a Russian plane had landed on U.S. soil, and okay. And your pops and and your mom, you're just like, let's go. Let's yeah, go we were go. yeah we were on the Air Force base. You. Okay, I get it. Was, it was a historic sight to see. So this guy gets off a plane in a flight suit and all that, like full Russian military gear and shit, walks up to me 
and takes off a patch and gives what? me his patch. Yeah. Do you have that patch? I think so. You better find I, that. I think my mom has it. I think my mom and dad have it. But he gives me a patch. So essentially, but the whole time I was, I thought he was there to hurt me <laughs> because of Rocky and and because of these bomb drills. Yeah, like we yeah, were scared yeah. to death. We were, yeah. Alaska was so close to Russia. We were scared to fucking death. So I don't know. Things change. I'm cool to be friends. What I think is sad is that a, a lot of people. The majority, I'd say, of people who live in Russia are probably people I get along with. I work with. Probably I work with. I, I work with a lot of Russians. Yeah, and uh, most of them are really rad. I mean, and yeah. I say that I don't mean them as like, oh, well, that guy's Russian, he's not yeah. rad. I just mean like, no, that dude, dude's a douche, and just like normal fucking people. I mean, they like, could be in the same position I am, to where I'm like, this guy does not represent me. I think so. My and views. I, a lot of it does. The way I live life, he's so out of touch with anything. Yep. I think I think it's probably the same to say probably with any government, with anybody who's high in power. Out of I th- touch and with... I don't mean to get like too deep into it. I mean, this is just what like a little intro that we're doing. But uh um I not to call out anybody, but I I have worked with over the past three and a half years uh, with a lot of J1s and a lot of Russians and um I'd say about 40 to, I mean, close to fifty percent of them, uh, male wise, are are uh, homosexual or gay, and they basically just need want to get out of the country, and that's the quickest best way for these young people to get out because hmm. they're just that oppressed and they just don't want to be there. Um, that being said, you know. So we want our, I guess, maybe our relations to be good, but then you also, on the the flip side of that, yeah, you're 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 oppressing your LGBTQ community, you're poisoning fucking operatives in European countries, you you're running state TVs. I mean, this isn't like a good dude. Putin's not a good dude, and uh, you know, it's cool. <laughs> you know, homie says he's cool. Yeah. It's crazy. Every day. Every day it's something crazier and crazier. I, I think we're going to see some shit. I was having a conversation with someone earlier today. I wouldn't be surprised if in 2020 the the Republicans try to throw someone else up there. You think so? I, dude, I think it's gotten so bizarre. With what you've seen the last three days, uh, just two days ago, over 24, over two dozen Republican members of Congress and Senate came out and said this is bizarre mm-hmm. enough is a fucking yeah. enough and I, I was talking with uh with robbie walton in, in the meeting we had before the podcast today to where in this last election if if the republican party had thrown a john Kasich up there yeah they probably would have gotten my vote yeah you're probably right because i felt gnarly after voting this last election i walked out of there like uh, i had to go get a drink afterwards because i was just like well yeah I agree. Um, so I, I think you you see a lot of a lot of these people, even though it's all politics, you see them separating themselves now and in a very public way. Mm-hmm. And something's gotta give, man. Can the Republicans do that? Can the Republicans yeah, put uh, Absolutely. There's no rule. A lot of times they just don't because it's it's unified, it's a sign of unity. Yeah, and that's yeah. a stretch. That's I'm I'm I've not read anything about that, but I don't think, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility yeah. for that to happen. Well, I mean, I know midterm. I mean, things like that, like the or not midterms, but after your first term, uh, you know, because even the the Democrats do. I mean, people do it. Mm-hmm. You you put up another nominee, you know, but 
We'll see if they do it, dude. Or if he even makes it that far. If he makes it to 2020. Who knows? Anyway. Jesus. I hope I hope everyone's doing good. People who are, st- <laughs> we might have just set this up to where no one's yeah, gonna no, listen to no Drew one's now. This. No yeah. one's listening to this at all. Uh, but anyway, very very good guest today, Drew McDowell. You know his wife, who was on the episode prior to this, uh, Jamie Cooper McDowell. What a good, what a great couple. Yeah. The best. Anyway, hope you enjoy listening to him. Uh, also, we we play a game in this one. Not to get not to give too much away. But if you'd like to, you can email us your answer. But what would your last meal be? Isn't that, what's, yeah, isn't that well, the name yeah, of the game? Uh, last meal? Yeah, death, death Row Meal. Death Row Meal. Something like, yeah, yeah, Death Row Meal. Yeah, we I discussed wanna, that a little we, bit. We need, we need apps, mains, two sides, one Zert. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, uh, and a, a alcoholic and a non-alcoholic yeah. drink. I want to email them. Yeah, wimt.podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and y'all please uh, enjoy listening to Drew McDowell.